This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 25. We are back in your motherfucking ears with a CanCon recap about the lads' travels last weekend over at CanCon. It's me, your boy, Big Sean, joined by my always trusty and faithful co-host, Tubbs. How are you, bro? Oh, fantastic, bro. Recovering, man. Oh, God, recovery mode has been hard this week, eh? It's been I think I need some of those like compression pants we saw that person wearing in the in the airport. Did you see that? How they like? I, I don't think anybody wearing, needs those, bro. <laughs> they were in like a jumpsuit and plugged it into a wall, and I don't know what the fuck was going on. I just thought it was a good laugh, especially for someone like yourself who has no legs. Uh, so as I said, we're headed to a CanCon recap, guys, and we've brought on a very special guest from one Australian champion, being myself, to another, Jimmy Page. How are you going, bro? Yeah, bloody uh, amazing, thanks. Yep, top of the world? Yep, top of the world. Is it still, is it, you still buzzing or is it sunk in or you're on to the next one already? What's what's the plan? Um, still in recovery mode, as as with you guys. Jesus, what a, what a recovery week. Yeah, you had to drive back after your flight, didn't you? Back to Hamilton from Auckland? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but then I uh, woke up the next day and I was, I was just slutted. <laughs> just bored. Did you go to work on Wednesday? Or Tuesday? When did we even get back? Fuck. Yeah, Tuesday. Did you go Tuesday. back to work Tuesday? No, I didn't go back Wednesday either. I had to take that day off. I was back Thursday and still yeah. feeling like shit. You just walk in with your trophy and you're just like, big dog <laughs> on campus. Let me have a day off. Pretty much. Oh, I think that. that... They were so scared of me having coronavirus that they were trying to make me take the rest of the week off. <laughs> oh, bro, it's been sort of buzzing around the office this week, eh? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Uh, so, as I've just spoiled and alluded to many a times, Jimmy, if you don't already know, you probably already know. If you're listening to this, surely you know Jimmy. Uh, New Zealand Grand NZ Master won CanCon this past weekend. Uh, so, we've got him on the show to talk about his experience more than our experience. Uh, because for all you list nerds out there, you might get a stiffy if you listen to him speak. I'm not too sure, but we'll find out. Uh, so it's just going to be a pretty free-formatted show here, guys. We're just going to talk about a list um, and how the lists operate and sort of what worked well and what didn't work well and why we might have added some units. Uh, we'll go into as much detail or not as we want to. Uh, we've also got to talk about the Tasman Cup, which um, I believe Jimmy's already spoken about on the coaches show but i'm yet to watch it so we'll probably just be copying a bunch of shit actually just go watch the coaches show we've already got your click we don't give a fuck <laughs> you know? um, sign out we're done yeah that's it four minutes in boys good job uh we'll talk about our cancon experience as well sort of you know cancon beyond the table sort of the friday night the social the traveling the logistics all that sort of shit we'll get into that a bit too as well uh, we're not going to break down game by game because quite frankly it's boring and um and i think if i talk for like 15 minutes people just check out because my voice is pretty boring so that's fine uh but first to kick it off we have some listener questions so i went out to the twitterverse and facebook first if that's a word and asked uh, lovely listeners, do they have any questions for us? And some of them are serious. Some of them are just post takes. So we'll get into it. Um, we'll start now. 
go on, Tim. So over on the Twitter, Randy said the most important question was coming out on Saturday night better than staying home on three and one three and zero. Oh, sorry, like he did last year. So that's pointed to me. So last year I went three and zero oh, day one, stayed home to decide to have a quiet night. Lost my first two games in the morning, went four two in the end, um, and the boys gave me a lot of shit for it. So yeah, Randy definitely coming out was way better than regardless <laughs> of the result on the Sunday coming Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Was was good fun, and I think I would have been lunched had that not happened. Um, Chris Welfare says, "When am I having my next sandwich with you boys, Tubby? When are we next sab- sandwiching a Welfare?" Whenever he wants. Welfare yeah. can always be the creamy centre. It's fine. Shout out to Welfare. He is a bit of a babe, and he's a bit yeah. of a fucking fiend when he's out on the board on on the piss with the boys as well. It's great stuff. Um, sorry, these are very like specific questions at the moment, <laughs> James. I'm sure we'll get. Some interaction on your end pretty soon. Um, one of the many faces of Sam Morgan said, how how much of what happens on tour stays on tour? Asking for a friend. Um, I've just said, come on tour with us. Oh, Adam Burt has a question. Um, Adam Burt being, I think he knows Jesse Perkins and Matt Terrell. Matt Terrell's friend sure. or something? Yeah, I think he lives in Dubbo. I'm not too sure. But anyway, he said, uh, this is for you, Tubby. How much would it cost to have my lawns mowed? And edged on a quarter acre block with approximately 300 meters of grass. Also, would like my kettle and toaster test and tagged. A combined cost would be great. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, I don't do quotes. Charge up only. Yeah, cashies only, eh, bro? Yeah, be, be, be around the 100 buck mark, maybe. You know, I can't tell you. Charge up. Yeah, fucking cashies. Um, <laughs> so, there's a bit of an inside joke to that. And uh, it will be explained if you listen to the Dwellers Below podcast. So in the mega cast we did, um, that's probably the best bit of content that came out of it, Adam's comment regarding Tubby. So Absolutely. so good on him. Um, Radio Sigma. So we've joined the Radio Sigma network. We've been absorbed, apparently. I don't know if there's any consent, but we seem pretty happy to, to do it. So Radio Sigma says, HR wants to know when you will have the appropriate tax paperwork completed. Um, Joe and Jacob and Seth, in New Zealand, you're employed as your tax are you, bro. Uh, so taxes comes out of your wages so that's sort of up to you to sort out. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then we got, is that Hayden? Uh, can we clone James and Harvest's brain to improve our chances? Obviously not. Uh, Matt Terrell said, Sean, so he's going to me here. Are you glad you got dodge? Uh, you got to dodge the broken Night Haunt list? Also, how do you think the Australian middle will change now that Night Haunt are uh, tier one army? Uh, also, it was good catching up with you boys again, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so what Mr. Terrell was talking about is on Sunday morning, game four, I was playing on the table next to him. And because of the way my list works, which I'll get into a bit later, I was really not wanting to play the Night Haunt. Um, but we'll get into that a bit later. As for the Australian meta changing being Night Haunt and Tier 1 Army, I don't know. So you guys just sort out. It doesn't matter. We'll still take your trophies. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just keep, keep playing those Night Haunt, man. We'll love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, as I was speaking to um, Clint today or yesterday, I don't think Australia actually has any first place forge or trophies because we keep taking them. So <laughs> you've got a couple of second and thirds, but who gives a fuck about that, eh? If you're not first, you're last. That's fucking amazing. That's <laughs> so good. We've had no, we no forge or trophies in this country, and yet we keep taking the Australians ones. Um, uh, so Slanice, Slanice, Will... Whatever his name is, I think the world de- uh, the world demands to know Mr. Page's favorite Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin song. Fuck, words are hard on a Friday night. Uh, probably uh, 
I'll go uh, Ramble On. Good choice. It's a nerd choice, actually. <laughs> Tubby, do you have one? Uh, yeah, probably Ramble On as well. Okay, and I don't know what a Led Zeppelin is, so that's fine. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> not into your budget. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> uh, Josh Griffin says, what is your favourite experience in Australia and why was it drunken uni girls at Mooseheads? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right. Mooseheads was awful, eh? Mooseheads was so fucking bad. <laughs> Mooseheads is the worst. It was just worst. a sweaty pit. Oh, and we look, We must look so out of place. Oh, bro, we uh, look so old. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, Jimmy, do you have any favourite experiences in Australia? Oh, just just probably the Tasman Cup. That was my, my favourite part of the weekend, I think. Uh, it was a, I love team events, you know sharing it amongst the team and, and, and getting that kind of rivalry going it's 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 awesome you put heaps of work into that too man that was top notch yes if only can sean could uh do his matchup better then we could uh... <laughs> we're talking about sean or aiden because uh oh, both of them i think i think they both had, <laughs> both had fours and 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 yeah they both dropped i think i, scored no, more I got a point put together didn't i how many points did you score I scored three. That's the same as what I scored. Oh, and Aiden yeah. got zero, so I'm taking yeah. it. Aiden got 20 out of the shit. And then Josh Griffin swallows it up by actual serious question now. What was your opinion on the level of hobby at CanCon? On a rating system of one to zero, one being incredibly low, like Richie McCaw's rugby talent, <laughs> and ten being rather I high, this. like Richie McCaw's ability to wiggle to wins to a rep for penalties. <laughs> So on a, one, on a Richie McCaw scale of 1 to 10, guys, uh, Jimmy, I'll let you go first. What did you think of the level of hobby at CanCon? Yeah, def- definitely a, a, a 10 for me. It was um, definitely a kind of a level above what we have in New Zealand. It was um, yeah amazing to see some of the armies that were there. And every army I faced, even on the top tables, were just, just so clean, so nice. Toby? So if ten, if ten was Richie McCaw being best All Blacks captain of all time, I'd probably give it about a nine. Um, also, want to find this Josh Griffiths guy for that sort of comment. We're in trouble, mate. Cool. Um, I would give it a solid. Um, I'm not a big hobbyist, as a lot of people know, but probably a solid nine, if not a ten. Um, the top end stuff is amazing, but what I normally find is. Anywhere in the world you go to top end stuff's normally pretty amazing. Um, to be to be quite frank, it's normally sort of like the middle to lower end as to how much of you see that. Like I mean, Danny Carroll's stuff, Tim's stuff, um, James's James stuff. Lynch's stuff is just it's yeah. all fucking amazing. No, yeah. um, I don't know if you'd see something similar in the UK. I don't know. I haven't been to the UK, so I can't really comment. Um, but it's the top end stuff at all events is normally really pretty good. I would say consistently across the board, the hobby level is higher than what we have in New Zealand. And that's mainly because you have people like myself and Tubbs and Matt Britton who don't give a fuck. (laughs) 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 Just do do like legal requirement sort of levels. Yeah. Did you go, did you walk around the the other tables? You see the war machine table? Oh, yeah. Probably on your way to the toilet. I was like, what the fuck is this? There's a reason why. Sigma looks so good. Because they are shit. 
Oh, um, it's the same as last year, Dave, like unpainted models and stuff like that, which is... Yeah, bro, like whole unpainted armies. I was like, how are you even at a tournament? Like, what the fuck is this? I mean, let's not throw stones from glass houses. We may have done that once or twice, um, but not at the world's biggest event. And I don't know what the scene in War Machine's like. I have no idea. I think they play on clocks and it's meant to be really strategical. I don't know. Um, we'll jump over to, to the Facebook page. So we got... Oh, excuse me, guys. That gin, it's just really kicking me in the dick. Um, <laughs> first drink since the weekend. Ryan says, why is Zinch discussing the OP again, and why would GW do this to us? Jimmy, you want to take it away, being the Zinch player? Um, yeah, you know, they left the magic alone, boosted the shooting in uh, melee. The army was already kind of viable with just the magic, so, yeah, it's kind of a, a win-win for Zinch players. Um, I think... Uh, a few rulings made it a bit more OP for CanCon than what it what it could have been. I think obviously obviously the Destiny dice um, ignoring modifiers, and supposedly that's coming out in the FAQ. So I'm I'm really hoping they don't put that out. Uh, being able to just ignore Battleshock with any Destiny dice was um, pretty hot. Yeah, pretty hot. Ignoring Rend. It, I think I had um, Metal Ripper's Claw came over with a War Boss hitting my Changeling. Landed three attacks, and I just ignored all three by having fives and sixes in my Destiny pool. <laughs> yeah, you had to explain that to me for like a good ten minutes for me to actually understand what the fuck you were saying. Because you're like, oh yeah, if you lose 40 guys, and you put in a four, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, no, it does matter, because it's 44 dudes. You know, no, it's unmodified. I'm like, I know the dice is unmodified. You still lost 40 guys, but Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my observation of zench is that they've spread the damage out from beyond the hero phase um more into the shooting phase so obviously like horrors not being able to cast spells mortal, mortal wound spells and stuff like that means that you've got less magic output and more shooting output which is maybe more favorable to some armies i'm not too sure um it's definitely not as intimidating for me as it used to be i mean it's still an uphill battle but yeah um aiden has a couple of questions uh, how much do you feel the Realmscape features and Realm Magic played into your games? This includes Emerald Life, Life, Life Stream, Life Swarm. What's it called? Is it Life Stream? Life Swarm. Swarm. I always thought it was Life Swarm, but he said it's Life Stream, so yeah. that's fine. So, Jimmy, how do you feel like Realmscape features and Magic played? Um, well, to be honest, I think me and my opponents forgot about every single Realmscape feature. So I don't think we played them once, even on stream. Which is a little disappointing, but uh, but the the Emerald Life Swarm, um, yeah, some big moment, moments where um, six pink horrors came back. Most of the time, it was kind of a win more situation, but obviously in that last game where I Darkfire portaled my own pinks and then had six pinks come back, that that was a turning point in that game. It's that thirty wounds, right? Six pinks. Yeah, minus the five, uh, six that you lost, so yeah. 24 extra overall. Yeah, that's pretty tight. That's pretty cool. tight. I think when you give any magic army another another six spells just for free that everyone knows, uh -huh. the flexibility is pretty fucking nice. Like, I was all about it the whole weekend. Gamey cunt. Mm. Yeah. yeah I... Mirapool was huge on the, on the Lord of Change, yeah. obviously, just being able to reposition and, and, and take something down. Yeah, Mirapool and Flesh the Stone, I think, were massive kickers for um, for me. Oh, Flesh the Stone, so good. So good. 
Yeah, I never once casted a, a realm spell. I had one, um, one mage or one wizard, so I just forgot about it. And we, I only played one realmscape feature because my opponent said, "Oh, in this round we get one plus one wound to our heroes," and I was like, "Okay, sure, whatever." Um, and that was about as much impact as it had on my games. Um, so it also goes on to say, I know we discussed this the other day, but how much do you feel timekeeping was relevant with your force versus others? Jimmy, timekeeping. Um, yeah, finished um, all my games relatively early, apart from the last one. Um, obviously, it was a lot closer, so models weren't coming off as quickly off the board, which... Um, yeah, I, I found it was a fast army to play. There was definitely no no issue with it. Um, maybe if you had multiple use, units of horrors kind of splitting, but only ever one one of my horrors was splitting at a time. So, um, yeah, I, I found no real issues with timekeeping. Cool, Tubby. Bit more of a horde army. Yeah, um, most I've finished. I think four out of six of my games to five, and the other two were. They were decided at four, so I don't feel like a, I got gypped or anybody got gypped, but the army takes so fucking long to play, man. There's a lot of models and a lot of working parts. It sort of just is what it is. Just, yeah, try to do it as quickly as possible. Cool, cool. Um, I finished five, and by finish, I mean natural conclusion. Uh, five out of six games. The only game I didn't go to turn five um actually there was two games i didn't go to turn five but it was like concluded at that point um so my first game against chris we went to the bottom of turn four and he couldn't win the game um and then i had a game around five i believe it was where we went to turn but we still had 20 we still had about a half hour on the clock but he won priority roll and at that point mathematically it was impossible so we just called it there um so yeah time keeping wasn't really an issue for me but it never really is um Last question we got here from Aiden is next time would you take one of the lounge couches like an enlightened bean? So <laughs> reference to our accommodation. Jimmy, would you take a lounge couch? Nah. Nah. I like a I like a room to, to kinda retreat to seemed especially seeing I was uh, retreating earlier than others. If I was retreating into the middle of the lounge, it would have been a bit more awkward. <laughs> And that is the correct answer. No, yeah. only basic bitches sleep on the couch. Yeah. Otherwise... couch? No, fuck that. I'm coming home at like three, four in the morning. I don't want someone waking me up. Pass. <laughs> just take, just take yeah. the take the bunk bed with the window next to it, not the one in the corner with yeah. a can that smells like farts. Like pass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fart ass. Uh, so we got so we got Magro. Oh, you guys are fucking slow. <laughs> so you didn't yell. Like, oh, well, I don't know. The mic's on the desk, so I don't... Macro. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, specifically for Jimmy, what is the next event on the road to the Australian Master? Uh, I've looked at um, possible events, and unfortunately, there's just no way I can do it. Um I think BrizCon just opened up 20 more spots, but it's I got a mate's wedding that weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just not going to happen, unfortunately, as much as I would like to. Yeah, because they're having the shorter the shorter Masters window like us this year. Um, it's a bit harder. I mean, we have to do Australia like four times in 10 months, I think it is. Yeah. Including the Masters journey as well. So I, I was on the same boat after I won Sydney. I was like, oh, if it's an 18-month window, maybe I can slide in here and 
you know, but no, that's not going to happen. Tommy, did you have anything to say? Uh, I was just saying they don't have Forgeville trophies at Brisbane, so if we don't go, that's probably why. No, we don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, <laughs> we just want your first place, Forge, first place Forgeville trophies. Jesus, I should have brought my trophy. We could have got a photo, Jimmy. We would be banned from Australia. Um, <laughs> Lachlan says, how did you guys feel about Cities of Sigma Go and any standout cities lists? Um, Jimmy, you played a Cities Army. I didn't. Tubby, did you play Cities Army? No, nah, man, no. Nah. Okay, I guess we'll just give this over to Jimmy, seeing as he played a Cities Army. How do you feel like they went, bro? Yeah, Hammerhall, definitely... Uh, a strong choice. Quite, I think they're very similar to kind of Zench, quite Zenchy. You know, they um, lots of range, lots of magic, lots of um, melee. That double pylon when you're in an opponent's territory, you're getting in their face. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, it did fall apart, obviously once once it did get hit hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you just got to play the matchups, right? Uh, and I think Hollow Hollow Heart was the other one that was doing quite well at um, CanCon. Lots of uh, lots of Hollow Hearts in the top fifty. Yeah, there definitely was. There was. Um, I mean, me and Toby talked a lot about the Australian meta prior to going, and I definitely missed on the how many cities armies there'd be. I knew there's going to be OBR, I knew there's going to be more tribes, I knew there's going to be orcs. Um, you know, I thought there'd be more slaves to darkness than there were. I knew there was going to be a chunk of Zench. But I think Cities was the most popular, or the second most popular army. Did not, I com- they completely missed the Cities book. Yeah, um, but they really seem to be doing really well. Slaves, there was eh? There were really no slaves. Yeah, I figured everyone's got a chaos army lying around, and someone would be taking them. But the, yeah, uh, the yeah. armies that I just said were the armies I thought were going to be the top five most popular armies. Um, Matty Watkinson says his only question is for James Page, and when will he be sending? Um, when James, when will you be sending Matt part of the CanCon trophy as payment for helping design the list? So, <laughs> some shots fired there. Oh yeah, I, obviously I um, borrowed a bit of tech off of off Matty with the the Gaunt Summoner and the um, Darkfire Portal. Um, didn't really help in the end. Um, I think. Did you just say you borrowed some tech, being the most obvious combo? And the Chaos Allegiance. Is that <laughs> well, what you're saying? Like... Well, in conjunction with a change host, I always always thought that um, you know it'd be too pricey and it'd be hard to fit in. And Maddie just oh, okay. goes, "No, no, fuck that. Look, it fits." <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So it was more around the sort of details as to how it could fit, not so much the combo itself. Yeah, yeah. So I was. Yeah. He was because it... I'm like I was like I'm building a corn summoner right now to put in my corn army. It's not fucking like hard tech. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it it increases the drops of the change host, so there's there's definitely a lot of negatives to it. But I was getting some massive FOMO of uh, Maddie taking Darkfire Portal and me not, so (laughs) I ended up um, caving and taking it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking bent. It's pretty fucking tasty. Yeah. Yeah. But I I barely used it though all weekend, (laughs) which yeah. I think the the most it did was was kill my own troops. Yeah, that's what you want, though. Yeah, it's giving your opponent the opportunity to play a game, eh? Yeah. Um, so Liam has said, "Kill Mary, fuck." Um, Smorgan, I'll be interested to see if if James actually knows who any of these people are. Smorgan. <laughs> Smorgan. 
Danny plays or Joe Pagano? Jimmy, you can start. Kill Mary. Uh, I, got, I got introduced to Smorgan, but that was about it. So yeah, I do not know the other two. So I'll leave it. I'll leave this one to you guys. So you'll kill Mary and fuck Smorgan all at the same time? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. That's you got a lot going on, bro. Mm. Yeah. It's, you want to talk to someone about problems. it. Yeah. Tubby? Oh, fucking easy question. Gonna have to kill Smorgan because man, man tried on the beers in the weekend, but his thirst isn't thirsty enough. Uh, the same answer as me. I'm gonna get mad. I'm, I'm a fuck Danny, of course, oh, and okay. marry Joe because that man can never leave my life again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I will also kill the unremarkable Smorgan. Um, I will marry Danny because I'd want to show him off to all my friends and family because that man is a babes. Um, and I'd ju- and I'd fuck Joe. I would fuck you on the side because I reckon he's a passionate well, lover. I'm glad we can s- swap up here, like some force of business going on or something. Yeah, we can fuck each other's husbands yeah. or wives, depending on the structure of our relationships. Um, what's the next question? There's just a bunch of shit talking between people now. Uh, Neil said tournaments are exhausting. Any tips on how to stay focused after so many games? Pagey, this might be a good one for you, considering you went 6-0, bro. How do you stay fresh? Uh, I don't know. I I was failing that last game. I actually um, was biting my lip that last game. I didn't even know, and I, I, I like, torn a bloody chunk out my lip. Yeah, I said <laughs> so, that to you. I was like, why is your lip purple? Like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, so I was... Yeah, I, I, I failed. I failed at that, yeah. so I'll leave it to you guys. Oh, count, when... count me out. If you saw me in Wealthiest Table, game six... Like we're both asleep at the table. Like, mm-mm. I'm fucking exhausted at the end of six games. Um, I'm not probably the best person to ask for advice on this, but day one I'm normally like pumped up on adrenaline and feeling good, and day two I'm normally licking my wounds. You know, round four and so on. Um, you just got to fight for it, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't have any. I, I always have water on me. I always have multiple bottles of water on me. Oh. I also have some paracetamol on me in case it's like in a headache. But at CanCon, I must have drunk about four or five Powerades each day just to sort of hydrate and get some, you know, get some sugar in me and get some energy. So it's just um, mainly for me, it's not so much about eating. I can go a whole day without eating quite quickly or quite easily, sorry, I should say, um, which is ironic because I'm a fat cunt. But I drink like a fiend, though. Like, I have to be drinking water and Powerade or whatever every game. Not energy drinks, because I'll just crash and get a headache and I'll get fucked up. Um, but yeah, my my recommendation, which is a pretty obvious one, would be drink water, have some paracetamol on hand. Um, make sure you get to sit down where you can. At one point on day two, I was dying. I couldn't stand. Um, Michael asks, how do you expect the meta to change throughout this throughout the year? Pretty hard question to answer. I'm just going to throw it out there because we don't really know what books are coming. Um, but I'll throw it over to Jimmy. See what he, see what he reckons. Um, I think a lot more power creep. You know, so we're just going to continue on this this trend of um, powerful magic, powerful shooting, powerful defensive armies, um, powerful offense. You know, it's just it's. I think it's just going to keep one upping. You're going to get um, OP army after OP army. It's, it's going to yep. be interesting. Agreed. So I think we're going to get back to like old school AOS where it's real rock, paper, scissors. So like the old murder host, change host, clown card days. Like change host was like you're losing the match like, up. Yeah. Yeah. Like change host was massive magic output, like way bigger than everyone else. Clown card was way more shooting than everyone else. 
and murder host was way more combat and speed than everyone else like it just well they're all fast all three of them were fast i think that's sort of the the way we're going i can kind of see it that's my pick at least well i've set myself off mute there um i believe the meta will slow down this year it will, it will still change but it will slow down uh, the reason i said it is gw has this pretty obvious cycle of doing a 40k year and an aos year um, what I mean by that is they released, so what we got 12 books last year for AOS, so a book a month effectively. Um, and 40k got, I think, like three or four, and they were all Space Marines, from what I recall, and Gen Steelers, I think, got one. Uh, so this year, well, there'll be a lot more 40k books, and there'll be less Age of Sigma books. We'll still probably get five or six, which is quite a lot. Um, however, I, I expect it to slow down and stabilize. I, I'm Magic has just been so big in the last few books. Like, other than KO, because obviously I don't have any, but I feel like it's almost going back to fantasy days where you have to dominate a magic phase or you have to have some good resilience in the magic phase. Uh, I think Jimmy said it before, or Tubby said it, but the offensive output of these armies, like most people can table most people pretty easily. Um, and lastly, what else I expect is the bloat, which is a bit of a bugbear I have of this game, is that every war scroll has to have four, like five or six rules and I don't get it and it fucks me off. Um, but it's going to be hard to keep up with all the rules. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I expect I don't have to stay good because they seem to be good forever. I expect daughters to stay good because they've always been good, just no one wants to play them. Um, Zench will dominate until a hard counter comes out, I'd say. The elves will be interesting. The giants will be interesting. This ref of the Ever Chosen that comes out next week will be interesting. What is it, 14 new allegiances or something? Is that right, guys? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree on the on the dock. I think they're finally on the way out. On the I way out? Yeah, I don't think they can handle yeah. the the heavy shooting now. I, they could handle that, they could handle maybe the melee armies, but no, not not the heavy shooting in magic. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on I'm on Jimmy's side here. Dock falls over to shooting, and it's getting pretty fucking silly. Like, most of the city lists are twos and twos. Flamers are twos and twos. You got KO coming down and blowing the fucking shit out of everything. The second you lose your cauldron and a Hagnar army, it's fucking it's game over. And you can't... Calibron's fine, but you can't just... You can't keep rocking it. It's really got nothing on Hagnar, and that's where the Power of Daughters is. Yeah, and the other... I think the other um, trend we're starting to see is the consistency of armies. Like everything's hitting on twos and twos, so the, yeah. the damage output is is always very consistent. Um, casting is now at plus threes. At, oh yeah, not, that's ridiculous. Not better. Um, movement is is ridiculous. Battle got, shock hasn't existed for like two years. <laughs> You're yeah. not wrong. So you ridiculous. You got marauders charging a minimum of eight inches. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of alpha high output armies turn one. Um, you don't really dance around the board anymore like you used to do, and maybe start taking stuff off turn two, three, or four. It's, it's straight from turn one these days, especially with the eighteen inch deployment maps that we have. Um, yeah, yeah, I used to like them, and now I think they can just fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> to be I, like, I it, agree. The game that. ends too quickly in eighteen inch missions. Like everyone's like, oh, I don't have some ridiculous high movement run and charge or you know teleport, but now. Now you like you'll lose your whole army turn two on some of those, some of those eight inch inch ones. Yeah, I played Sean from um, Northern Invasion over the weekend, 
and he had a Frost Lord and Stonehorn, which apparently just at least charges seven inches or something, or six inches. Um, so I really had to measure that out. Apparently, he's got like a trait or something or an artifact where it just happens. Like, uh, makes him do seven damage. Doesn't make him always charge seven. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I misheard him. I don't know. It was game six. But just stuff like that, when the monster already moves, is it 14 inches, 12 inches? And then all the extra movement that the more tribes army gets, um, all the teleporting, you know, you almost want people to teleport because then they have to roll a nine-inch charge these days as opposed to everything else just going a fucking million miles an hour across the board turn one. Yeah. But, yeah, movement's always been... Movement's always been key, and it's getting pretty crazy. Uh, that's... Sorry? Um, yeah, the, just read the, the 18 inches. I think, you know, there are um, positives and negatives to them because against shooting armies, you kind of want that extra buffer to have your heroes that much further from your front line so that they Correct. can't drop down with a nine and still shoot you. But because, you know, in a 12-inch deployment zone, you can deploy outside nine and still shoot the back of the army. Whereas in 18, the, if they're 15 up, then you can't. Well, wait, yeah, you know, it also yeah, it also gives you like a deeper deployment zone as well. If you've got a fifteen-inch deployment as opposed to twelve, and you've got nowhere to deploy off the board or anything like that, um, it's it's really handy because you can just zone out by putting units on the line and putting units to the side, and then you know whatever drops is at least another nine inches away from the front unit, and then another sort of thirteen to fourteen inches depending on base sizes away from your hero at the back, so it pushes stuff out of maximum range. Uh, it's like Tempest Eye. They just move. Like Every time I play Lee, I'm like, how fucking far can you guys run and shoot? And it's it's always like 42 inches. I'm just like, fuck. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Stupid little fucking dwarfs, but whatever. Uh, cool, lads. That's it for listener questions. I am just going to slide off and... Um, put a quick break in here so I can just refill my drink and go to low. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. And we are back, and we are going to talk to you now about our lists, what we took, why we took them, what we wanted to achieve with them, all that sort of good shit. So if you're a bit of a list nerd, Sam Morgan, listen out. This is going to be some gold for your ears. Jimmy, mate, you want to kick us off with your award-winning, world-beating... Do you want to do us What's first, up? so James can, James can ramble and go hard on his list? Well, I just thought whatever followed Jimmy's list was just going to be a letdown, which is kind of why yeah. I wanted to slide it yeah, behind so him. We're on the, the build-up. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the build-up, Jimmy. I want, to, I want to ramble on Jimmy's list. All right, Tubby, lead us off. I just want to break uh, so I can vape and drink. That's so fair. You go ahead. <laughs> All right, so I played Gits at Cancom. Um, I played a list that I've been playing for absolutely ages. Um, so my list was a magic heavy army with a good chunk of shooting, not a lot of combat, and a fuckload of endless spells. So starting from the top, I had a fungoid cave shaman, and now he had the great green spite. Uh, so before I kick into it, turn one, I almost always get given turn one, which is kind of what I want, and the list is revolved around making a set play at the start of turn one. So how it goes is my fungoid, my first guy on the list, 
Uh, he's got Great Green Spite, which is a 24-inch D6 Mortal Wound nuke. So what I normally do is put him at the very front of the board and cast Bailwind. So he jumps on the Bailwind, and now it's a 30-inch uh, nuke. So D6 Mortal Wound's coming out from him. Then Scragrot, the Loon King. Is that what Great Green Spite does? It's just a D6 Mortal Wound spell? Yeah, so it, it procs so off the size of my Grots. Procs off the size of my Grots. So when you're on the Bailwind... Pick a unit crots within 24 inches of him. As long as it's more than 20 models, uh, it does D6 model wounds. So basically, it always does D6. Um, next up with Scragrot, he's got the Hand of Gork, which is a teleport spell. Now, turn one, what he has to do is he has to cast the Cogs, which is the most important thing. And also, quite often, he'll Hand of Gork 20 grots, nine inches away from my opponent, and a big fucking line all the way across the deployment zone. After that, I've got the Web Spinner on Arachnorok Spider. Now, he's got the E-Amulet, so this is where some of the Cogs tech uh, comes in. So what he does is he casts the Arachnicaldron first turn, and that gives him plus one to cast on everything. So starting at turn one, he's plus two to cast on all his spells and plus two to unbind. Uh, it also allows us some real cheeky movement shenanigans since you put it inch away from him and the base of the model's like three and a half inches or something um and he he whacks the cogs to slow down time beefs himself up puts down neg to hit buffs around him he's got an unlimited range d3 mortal wounds so throw across the board um and he just moves really aggressively into the middle of the board hoping people charge him because he's massive amount of bait um then after that i've got the web spinner shaman um and he's got a d6 wound heal uh, which only procs on the spider and himself. So if the spider gets in trouble, if they manage to get four or five wounds through on the spider, I can crank those back up pretty quickly. Um, but his first turn roll is to cast a scuttle tide. So what happens is I cast a scuttle tide, that's got unlimited range, pops out wholly within six of the terrain. So I pop it out in the front, in between my nine inch grots and my opponent's army. So if they don't have any way to clear my models in the shooting phase, if they're mainly a combat phase army, or they have limited hero phase output, what it does is it puts a big line in front of the whole army so they can't move forward any further. They get hit by the scuttle tide when it goes down, they get hit by it again in the movement phase when they move close to my grots, and then they get hit by it again when they charge my grots. So really I'm proccing scuttle tide three times. I normally hit, you know, maybe two units with it as we go, um, and they kill 20 grots, which I don't really give a fuck about. It means they're at the back of the board. Then into battle line, I've got 20 shooters, 20 shooters, 40 shooters, and 40 shooters. So heaps of redundancy in bodies. Most of the time, they just run onto the objective. They don't actually shoot anything. Um, they just jump in the way. It's a lot of bodies that are hard to hit and hard to kill um, for six-up save, you know, shitters. Um, but when you stack up the debuffs, it, it's really quite hard to, to chew through them without putting a lot of uh units into them which is kind of what you want because then they're grouped and they're ready for your endless spells to come through then after that i've got six rock gut trogs uh so they're a piece that's really important to the army um purely because a couple spots one when you cast the cauldron you have to whack one of your units so i whack the trolls they take d3 mortals um they can shrug it and they can also heal so the spider is never hurting himself with this d3 mortals He's only always hurting the trolls who don't care because they heal and ignore it or it's hitting the enemy. <clears throat> um, important thing about them though is what I found when I didn't run them was people would just push their entire army into my army 
knowing that I didn't have a big combat threat to push back into them. So it makes people cage out a little bit more. They'll try and move around the trogs or they, you know, they just won't push everything they have into my army knowing I only have limited uh, hero and shooting phase output. Then after that, I've got the pendulum. Uh, I've got the vortex that I talked about, the cogs, gemnids for more negs to hit and negs to attacks. I've got quicksilver swords, which is fucking amazing meta spell. Um, so many chaos armies walking around, Zench, uh, Skaven, all of the above, Slanesh, that's just it's so good for 30 points. Uh, and then into the Arachna Cauldron, which the spider always almost always has, and the Scuttle Tide. Um, so yeah, basically, I love getting first turn. I want to get first turn. I don't want to take second. It's quite hard for me to move models off objectives that are already there. I can normally only clear one objective. I can't clear, say, in Border War, if they jump on both, it's going to take me two turns to clear them off and start getting my grots on the board. Um, but if I get first turn, I can zone out with my grots, push my other grots up behind it, behind another line of 20 grots. Even if they're double turning me, I still have 80 grots on the board with options of more grots coming back on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's 172 wounds of things that are deceptively hard to chew through. Um, and people cage up against shooters for, I don't know, they're scared of the shooting. Sometimes it pops off, most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time they just run where they want to go. Crots real fast, they move 13. I've got command points out my ass. Uh, they're always zooming around the board. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I normally tickle it up on the early game let them sort of push over me on the mid game and then take it back on the late game. So scoring, you know, turns one and then turns four and five are ideally what I'd like to do. Um, however, if it's an army that doesn't like mortal wounds, you can sort of just roll over them really quickly. <clears throat> yeah. Cool, cool. I guess I'll go into my list then since we're building up to the paginator. Uh, so to Stormcast, Anvils of Howden Hammer, last last run for them um what around gyran i don't know why i don't know why i did that um it's anyway fluffy boy fluffy King Kong was, in <laughs> was it yeah man what <laughs> was it oh. i don't know i don't know what the realms are called <laughs> it's narrative, man. come on yeah yeah it's um uh, it's it's right there you can see it <laughs> it doesn't exist uh so i got a lord arcanum as my general effectively unlocks um the secret of battle line he had the spell azurite halo didn't use it once over the weekend it's a waste of a spell for the army setup that i have i have two lord relictors both for translocation so it's a teleportation prayer can i use what a turn but there's two there for redundancy or if i'm on for a double what i'll normally do is i'll put one in the sky when i deploy and then the first time i teleport my long strikes um I'll drop my Relictor by the long strikes um, so they can teleport again in the next turn. So they always have a hero babysitting them. For the Anvil's command ability, which is spend a CP, gets shoot, and they'll fight in the hero phase. Uh, it was always shooting. Then I got a Knight of Xeros uh, to round out my four heroes. Knight of Xeros is going to be reroll once and a Mortal Wound bomb once per game against Chaos or anyone. D6 against Chaos, D3 against everyone else. Mortal Wounds. Um, this, now I've got two units of Sectors. Because they're far, far superior to Liberators. Uh, the amount of times that I'd shoot shit, I'd be on for a charge, I'd make a charge, and I'd put Liberators into a unit. I decided that it was worth paying the extra 60 points for two unit sectors and then the extra 60 points for the Lord Arcanum, so effectively 120 more points. Because uh, the sectors actually just consistently kill shit. 
unlike liberators that hit on fours and wound on freeze and only have one great weapon where executives hit on freeze wound on freeze and have a reroll and then they have three great weapons um the amount of times they would just clear off chaff and shit like that assuming that's what you're fighting they can't fight a stone horn uh but they can fight just enemy battle line pretty much any enemy battle line yeah yeah like they can they were able to go on and kill shit which is always handy and I've got five Judicators. Uh, Judicators are just gold. They're so good, especially in this Chaos meta, the reroll ones against Chaos. Um, ideally, I'd like to take all the Judicators that I could, but I can't, um, but they're always good. Then we get into the meat of the list, which is nine Vanguard Longstrike crossbows, so similar to last year's when I ran nine Longstrikes. Um, shoot twice, effectively, the unit becomes 2,020 points a turn of output. Hit on twos, wind on threes, one shot each. Ran two, two damage, six is to hit... Uh, Two mortar wounds, so consistently just doing like 14 to 16 damage um, every time I shot off them. Sometimes I was doing 18, it was amazing. Uh, then I've got three units of AP wings, so three times three. Uh, just set of block charges, move around the board, block charges. Um, the other sneaky tech you can do with them is you can actually score a, a opponent's objectives in their turn because they get to move in your opponent's turn, so they can move as, as long as they're alive, they can move 10 times the game. So they can move every turn of the game. Um, and there was one game was I was playing Escalation, and my opponent went first. So he can't score in the first battle round of Escalation. My opponent jumped on the objective in the first turn. I destroyed the unit in my turn. He won priority. Then I moved my overwings onto the objective, so he didn't score it, because effectively it would have been a free point for him. Um, and that kept me in the game. So that's the other sort of cool tech you can do with them other than block charges. Uh, then I got five Vanguard Hunters, uh, so they're just regular Vanguard Hunters, the battle line version, but I don't have a Lord Arcanum as my, uh, Lord Arquilla as my general. Uh, their trick was they can come wholly within six of a board edge, which again, in Escalation, they can just score the wide objectives immediately as soon as they come on the board edge, and more than seven away, so it's a seven-inch charge instead of a, a nine-inch charge. It's a bit more reliable, you drop a hero near them, you get a re-roll. Um, that's all they were there for. They would either be bodies and to score... Don't know if I'd take him again because at CanCon they didn't do as much as I expected. In my warm-up games, they did a lot. Um, I don't know how else I'd spread out that 110 points throughout the army. Yeah, I'm sort of undecided, but I'll be retiring unless I'm not too fast. And then lastly, I've got six Achillean Morsar Guard. Uh, so that's the attacky eels, some people that don't know. So it's just something to something that's fast, something that flies. Uh, something that can charge an enemy and hopefully destroy the unit on the charge, depending on how much I've weakened it. Um, and they effectively move around the board, charging and killing stuff and scoring me objectives throughout the game. They've got the mortal, wo- mortal wounds once per game, which is really handy against stuff like Fire Slayers, which I played three times over a weekend. Um, yeah, so it's effectively it. The purpose of the list is just to shoot you twice at 30 inches away, uh, sorry, at 24 and then 30 inches with the long strikes, block you with A for wings, um, shoot again with some judicators a little bit, teleport around the board with the relictors, block your charges with the overwings, as I said. Hunters just fill in the gap, and the Morsar guard just charge into it's my combat unit. When I need to move 20 guys off an objective or something like that, that's what I'll send in. I'll pepper them with range, depending on what they are, and then I'll charge in the guard and they'll clean up. And I'm 1990, so I got a command point, I think, in about four out of my six game. I mean, a triumph. Four out of my six games, which is actually really, really fucking handy and something, especially when I got reroll wounds, because then the long strikes were effectively twos rerolling ones, threes to wound rerolling, which was the sweet combo that I wanted, or the CP one. Um, so it's the list shoot you twice, move around with eels, block you with charges, 
support heroes to support the long strikes. That's it. Nothing, nothing flash. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you would have heard this list or a variation of this list over the last 18 months. So yeah, Jimmy, did you, did you find, um, did you find the addition of the eels sort of has the same effect as the, as the trolls in my list? It sort of kept your opponent honest rather than having them just freely push all their models into your fucking army without having a zone too much considering yeah. you've got range threat so they don't have to zone behind their guys because you know can zap their heroes anyway yeah that was it was i played a an idnef army and the guy definitely gave the eels a lot of respect yeah um he was staying as far away from them as he could i played one of the fire slaves players i played knew about them and was staying as far away from them as, as he could um but it doesn't matter because they move 14 inches so yeah. as long as you're sort of about 23 inches away they can normally get there because they get the reroll charges um sorry 22 inches 22 to 21 inches you want a seven or eight inch charge on a reroll not so much a nine uh so it did keep people honest in that sense it, it made people because i've got shooting so naturally people want to come towards me but if they come towards me and then i have to turn next and the eels just sort of yeet out across the board and go from there um i played way too cagey with one of them uh in one of my missions with them and they didn't get in combat at all during the game, which was a waste. Um, but every other game, they normally did some work for me. So it did give people a purpose to attack me, um, but at the same time for them to sort of sit back. So I did like him for 340 points. I don't know what else I'd put in there. I think the obvious one is the Salison Prime. Um, the Eels are 24 wounds, and the Prime's yeah. 8. So the damage output's so much bigger off the potential damage puts so much bigger off the eels as well. Yeah, so what I found with the eels is that we've got a local IDNF player uh, within Wellington, is what I mean by local in New Zealand, uh, by the name of Bo. And he runs eels all the time. And eels always blow me up turn three when the whole army fights first. But what I what I sort of didn't realize is that Bo also uses um, as a Voltenus or the other one who gives him plus yeah. one attack. And he uses that like three or four times. And so the eels all of a sudden, instead of having two attacks, they have six attacks, and they just delete everything that they go into. Uh, so Swingy, I, I pretty much babysat them with the Azeros for most of the weekend. Or unless I had commanding terrain, I was getting another CP, then I'd keep the Azeros near them for the reroll ones and stuff like that. Um, if the Azeros couldn't get enraged with whatever they were attacking. So they were good. I would definitely run them again. I don't think there's much fat in my list other than the Vanguard Hunters of 110 points. Uh, I did enjoy using the eels again. It's, it's the speed. It's, it's the speed. It's 14 inches with a reroll charge. They can just fuck off and do whatever they want at that yeah. point cost, you know? Such an um, easy unit to use. Yeah, and they fly. So, you know, they just, and they reroll battle shot because you've got a banner. So they're just like a really self sustainable unit that just hangs around. Uh, so that was the best thing about them, is I didn't have to buff them. I didn't really have to do shit, although I really wanted them to have reroll ones because if they're only wounding with, you know, three to four of their, their spear attacks, then the damage output just drops completely because that's where all the rend comes from. Yeah. Um, but no, I enjoyed them. Play them again. I would recommend them. Best Stormcast Cavalry is what I'd say. <laughs> um, Jimmy? Yeah, so I, I ran a Change Host Eternal Conflagration Eternal Conflagration giving extra ren to uh, any horrors, any flamers, any exalted flamers. So exalted flamers are going up to neg two ren, standard flamers are going to neg one, and horrors are going to neg one shooting. And that's on all horrors. If you take a 
you know, of ten brimstones, they're at they've got um, Neg One Rend, which is 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 quite nice to have this little kind of screen unit. So I had kind of three components to my list. I had the the heavy magic damage bubble, I had the the shooting bubble, and I had just my screen units. So for my screen units, I had two times ten brimstones. Those were my kind of front line of defense. Um, for second line of screen, I'd have uh, 10 pink horrors and then followed up by a, a second unit of 10 pink horrors that's summoned by my gaunt summoner on disc. Uh, so that's coming in as soon as I, 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 every game I gave them first turn, but my gaunt summoner was, uh, I only ever faced melee armies apart from game six and I was able to get a um, bit of terrain advantage to hide my gaunt behind <laughs> to, uh, to keep him safe from um, getting exploded game six. So it was quite nice. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my screen. Uh, people would hit my my brimstones and then still have kind of a at least a hundred wounds of of pink horrors to get through before they could actually get to my damaging units. And my damaging units, I'd I'd have kind of a bubble of shooting. So my gaunt summoner on disc had the aura of mutability, which was plus one to wound rolls for demons within a nine inch bubble. Uh, so that's wholly within. But all, all shooting and all melee damage plus one to wound. So my flamers and exalted flamers, they're going from threes to wound down to twos to wound. Uh, and then just to top that off, I've got the fate master in there as well, who for a command point has a nine inch bubble of reroll hits for all attacks. So the flamers, which I had uh, two lots of three starting on the board, um, also casting 11 up to 11 times per turn for me and with one or two uh, spells going off by the opponent before it gets to my turn i was nearly every time summoning an exalted flamer who also gives plus one to hit for the flamers so quite often my flamers were on threes then twos re-rolling hit rolls if i'm facing horde units then they get an either another plus one or plus two to hit so quite often twos and twos and the yeah, the damage output of those flamers is, is crazy. And that so you've got a kind of a twenty-seven inch threat bubble from the the flamers because they move nine, then shoot eighteen. Um, the Lord of Change has two d six rend one shooting shots as well, so I'd, I'd try to get him in the bubble. Um, and he's normally on threes, threes and threes, so he'll be a threes rolling hits and then twos to wound. The flamers are so cheap that. Were you putting them forward to trade for a key piece? Like, you lose 120 points that you can resummon. Like, that's that's not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I barely lost any units in my first five games. Um, I think I was averaging like losing maybe 100 points per game. So, like yep. some brimstones and then something else. Uh, so, yeah, I, was, I just wasn't losing anything. But <laughs> game six, definitely, I. I had my flamers off to the side there to try and bait in the, the phoenix. I was definitely not worried that of, of trading the two lots of three flamers for his phoenix. I felt that I still had the kind of the mortal wound output to, to take him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's they really messed with people's heads. You know, like they people really tried to avoid them or, or tried to kill them. And yeah, they, they definitely weren't the, the crux of my list. I didn't care too much. I still had tons of damage output especially in, in the horrors i don't think 
I think people really underestimated the the shooting output of them because if my flamers would have died, then I just used the plus one to wound and the reroll hit rolls on my pink horrors. If I get them up to a, a unit of 20, which is what I'd do if I was in trouble, I'd hit them with my own spells, generate a, a unit of, of 20 horrors by splitting into blues. Um, and then they're hitting on threes, wounding on threes, rerolling hits uh, with like 50 attacks in the unit. Friend one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my horrors were just, just shooting most things off the board. And I think that's what what kind of won me the game. Game six was just my horrors just shooting off his Phoenix and and his Phoenix guard. Um, yeah, and then I've had my, my magic bubble, so less range than my, my shooting bubble because it's kind of only 18 inches. But I was quite often using the change host to change the position of my um, casters because... My horrors were kind of always in range, so I didn't need to... I mean, my flamers were always in range. I didn't really need to change host them at all. So I was trying to change host the, the changeling and the, the change caster into range of the, the enemy just to get a few more spells off. Um, otherwise, yeah. my, my yeah, stuff was only 18-inch range, kind of not in, not in range. Um, then I'd also kind of mirror pull my Lord of Change forwards. So my, my magic bubble was a Lord of Change... I had the Gaunt Summoner on disc with um, Arcane Suggestion, which was awesome spell. I can either reduce the armor save of an opponent by one. So anything Alpha striking me, like a rogue idol of Gork in game five, just took his armor save down and then he just, just got annihilated by shooting. Um, or I can give something minus one to wound or minus and minus one to hit. Real nice um, in conjunction with the Locus of Zench giving uh, minus one to hit in melee for against demons wholly within 12 of demon hero. Uh, so yeah, had that nice synergy. Um, I never used it. I kind of had enough damage to deal with everything. So I was, I was never needing to just kind of uh, nerf a unit into the ground, which I definitely had the options to, because I also had the changeling. So changeling can pick um, an unit in, an, in the opponent's hero phase within nine inches and give it my half movement and minus one to hit. So I kind of had him near the front of my lines. Uh, when I got alpha striked, I'd pick one of his units and give it an extra minus one to hit and half the movement, half movement didn't really count, but the extra minus one to hit definitely, um, <laughs> they, they were piling into pinks and, and just killing nothing. It was, worked quite well. Um, so, and, and the changelings are a double caster now. It's got two casts. Um, so I had three endless spells, Emerald Life Swarm, Aethereal Pendulum, and Darkfire Demon Rift. Uh, as I said earlier, I, I didn't really use the Demon Rift. The, the Pendulum was was quite key, I think. I uh, did a lot of damage with that. Um, I, I never money, yeah. That's so yeah. good. It's yeah. so good. Especially with, um, you throw the Lord of Change in, you can um, cast it, hit them, hit them between rounds, and then recast it in your next turn by dispelling it automatically with your Lord of Change. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Um, and, then it's, and it's also hitting multiple units for D6 mortal wounds. Um, just can't go wrong with that. Uh, they had the blue scribes to kind of bolster my um, magic by giving everything re-roll casting rolls within an 18-inch. So I never once, I don't think, no, I didn't use Destiny Dice to cast a spell at all during the tournament. I had the plus one to cast from the Lord Change, and then I had the Blue Scribes, and I just relied on that. I'd have the odd spell fail with the double um, 
double fail, but it, it, I had so much magic that it didn't really matter. Um, so yeah, up to 11 casts, two from the changeling, one, oh, up to two from the change caster. Uh, reading his war scroll now, you can actually, I probably could have abused it a bit more because his wording on his um, ability is it, whenever he rolls a nine plus, he can cast an extra spell. So potentially he can cast four or five turns in a, in a turn. Yeah, um, each time you do it, so it doesn't really matter. It keeps stacking up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think some, some turns I definitely would have got a few more casts off. But yeah, it, it didn't really. It would have been win, win more situations. And I think he died turn two, um, game six. So yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a big thing. Um, but yeah, what? I kind of I kind of just bunk it up turn one, um, made them go first. Every single opponent came forwards and into my kill zone and yeah it was it was a good time did you find that the the aussies are super aggressive like they they expect to have the game won and finished by turn two yeah i'm, I'm wondering if a lot of these alpha lists are used to facing stormcast who are kind of at just a bit longer range than me yeah um because even though i've got that 27 inch threat range i'm I, my flamers are at the back of the board you know they're 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 not hitting anything for turn one unless you're coming forwards. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, Stormcast, you've got to get in their face, right? Otherwise, they just shoot you off the board. But Zench, your damage is so, so much higher that you, 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 can't, you can't do that. You can't come across the board with everything. You've got to either come across piecemeal, remove screens with, yep. um, yeah, with some initial units or some shooting units and then go in or... Or you're fucked, really. <laughs> yeah. Not much you can do. yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of need to trade and try and try and zone down some boards so that they can't chain chase around and summon. Um, and then when it's actually time to pull trigger, which isn't turn one, um, have a crack at it. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think the Aussies did struggle with that. I think they definitely used to those stormcast shooting lists where they do have to get across the board early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I definitely found it. Um, had past experiences playing daughters and they sort of just expected me to run all the way across the board and I'm like, that's absolutely not what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might push one unit up aggressively, but the other, the other two, three, four will, they'll pick their battles. They're not just going to push straight across. Yeah. So I think, um, Gabe had the best, um, the best strategy versus me, obviously after facing him in the, the Tasman cup, um, he tried to, to just alpha me off the board and yeah, realized that happened. Yeah. Nah. And then played him in Blood and Glory during CanCon and yeah, it came up with a much better um, tactic. He bunkered up. He was waiting me for me to kind of come out and, and open up some pathways. Uh, unfortunately, he just had the more Crusher just slightly within range of my Flamers who um, ended up shooting him off in, in one turn. Yeah, that's that, um, what was that spell called again, sorry? Treason is inch, is that what it was? Yeah. The minus one to save, yeah. So effectively taking them to neg two rent, which is vicious on, what is it, 11 attacks to the unit? 10 attacks to the unit? Yeah, 10 attacks. Um, I think that's what I ended up doing against this more Crusher. I mirror pulled forwards my Gaunt Summon and then casted Arcane Suggestion, which is, yeah, the, the minus one armor save. Yeah. Do you find, Jimmy that people get overwhelmed by your list because you have so many free pieces and they don't actually know how to 
pull it apart and it leaves them open or gives them the opportunity to make mistakes which is always what you want to do in this game you want your opponent to have so many options and not really any correct options is is that a fair sort of assessment of your army or no yeah so my my plan most of the time was to um ignore half the board and i'd just take a side objective and then work on the middle objective over the course of the game um but yeah, people kind of freaked out, came in, tried to rush me and ended up getting tabled kind of turn three in most games. Yeah, because I assume once they hit your horrors, it's pretty much all over. Well, they're not moving out of that. In combat, unless, is, is what yeah. I mean in combat. I don't mean like at range. Yeah, yeah the horrors definitely drop real quick. You know, it's only a six up armor save. Um, oh, 50 wounds. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's the wounds <laughs> thing. Shot. You put anything into the, into the horrors and... Unless it's unless it's a stone horn or fuck, don't I don't know what it. does that much damage. Twelve well, balls, maybe. You, you know, you're hitting that unit and not really moving. I faced two big war armies, and they definitely could have wiped out fifty pinks in a turn with with any of their units. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't wipe out chaff first. You know, they. Yeah. You need to wipe out this chaff and then get them into the horrors. Then you'd wipe the fifty horrors in a turn, and then all of a sudden it's it's wide open. Mm. But not a lot of armies have that output to where they can put 50 wounds into a unit within one combat phase. Uh, outside of the... I know there's a more Crusher that can mathematically do like 80 wounds in a turn. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Stone Horns can hit between the 30 and 40 marks somewhat consistently. But then you just rig the Battleshock roll and they're stuck. And on the charge, they're not as good because they lose their damages and their mortal wounds. So uh, I, know I think you'd, you, I th I think you'd just, be... I think you'd be surprised how many how many of um, threat units can do fifty wounds. Like a, a lot of them can do thirty against a four up save, and this is a, this is a six up save. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's not a big stretch for it's for a people. Six up after save, isn't it? Uh, only guess. for the only for the first ten wounds. Yeah, yeah. And but it did freak it freaked people out. You know, they're like, oh, it's fifty wounds, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure I came up against a lot of units like that Phoenix Guard unit that would have that would have easily wiped out um, 50 horrors in a turn or 50 wounds of horrors yeah, yeah but I, I guess if we're talking about people attacking your pink horrors you're already winning the matchup aren't you because then it's they're not attacking your your flamers or your 10 units of brims which die well, when they die or your heroes more importantly they, they're they're probably the the models on the objective as well, so you you do need to clear those before you move on to the others, and then he has to try to clear them back and trade back. So I, I I don't really think it is a is a mistake hitting the pinks. No, but as soon no, as you engage the pinks, correctly. as soon as you engage the pinks, you give people like James, who is an annoyingly good person at putting models back after they die. Um, speaking from experience, you're giving him more board control because if you're killing them at range, the unit goes from 10 to 20 and then all of a sudden it becomes a massive fucking line across the board scoring two objectives. Like no, in focal points. Them out. You can't string no, you... them out anymore. Then. Yeah, they they've, got to, and... they've got to go back there where they yeah, started. But, yeah, but you can still shimmy them because it's within an inch, isn't it? The base has to be within an inch. Yeah, so you can't... You, uh, and then in combat, of... you can... Models coming back can only come within an inch of a model that wasn't resurrected this turn, so you can no longer um, conger out as much as you previously could. So, no. 
so the congering comes from fold reality and life swarm and mm -hmm. rolling ones on the battle shop that's right isn't it jimmy uh life i uh, no, can't fold reality can no longer do it because that's in the zench book as well um i th think life swarm you could still do it yeah yeah i was just because i was just watching your last game um well i was at near a table just off the camera and you had a unit of horrors that was tagging one of your home base in the middle and then one of your opponent's home base objectives and effectively that one unit was scoring you five points and focal points because of how the opposite ends work of scoring objectives and i was but, thinking fucking hell this is exactly <laughs> what yeah but he went for my backline right he wiped out my yeah. almost my entire backline turn two left mm. the horrors alone mm. and then didn't have enough to deal with the horrors mm. Who are actually scoring the objectives? Okay, yeah. so your whole army's cancer. Okay, good to <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I, I hear you barking, big dog. It sucks. <laughs> okay. Um, cool, cool. Is anything else you want to say about your list, man, or should we move on to the next couple of topics we got here? Um, it's it's not optimal. So. Um, <laughs> okay. Set it yeah. out, modesty. No, no, it's, it's definitely not. So um, obviously. More more flamers and that is is optimal in the change host. Um, I think there's some better resent lists coming that are kind of mixed yeah, mixed mixed damage. Get some melee in there. Uh, you can get um, slave to darkness units up to plus three attacks. I think with um, the STD ender spell, the zench ender spell, and the the mission. So there is definitely a lot of tech to be had in, in Zench, and uh, yeah, this is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think there's just chaos in its entirety now. The whole fucking ever since the STD book came out, the whole allegiance seems to have been buffed passively through that book, um, just because of the way chaos works. But but that's fine. So should we roll on to the Tasman Cup? Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Cool. So. A quick little side for people who don't know, the Tasman Cup is effectively an annual competition held between Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, the Anzac Brotherhood there that we have through history. Um, it's not actually a cup, it's a plaque, uh, which is a bit different, but whatever. Um, Charles Black set it up with Dan Page, so big shout out to those two, big love. And we, every, so it's been going for two years now, so it's the second year. And before CanCon last year, we did like an ETC ETC style sort of um, team game, and then we did it again this year. Although last year it was just random matchups drawn out of a hat. This year and last year it was only five players per team because that's all we had traveling to CanCon. But this year we had eleven Kiwis travel to CanCon, twelve Kiwis, eleven, and we had teams of nine. And I think the intent was to sort of give the Australian team a bit of ETC practice, although not the whole team was was doing the Tasman Cup, which is a bit weird, but whatever. And, yeah, so it's just an annual round-robin game versus us and the Aussies happening on the Friday, so the day before CanCon, not actually part of CanCon. Um, this year we did the matchups, which is ETC style, which, Jimmy, do you just want to quickly describe in, like, five seconds if you can? Um, yeah, so just uh, each round, um, one a, a player is put forwards. a... Uh, and then two is put forwards to face it, and then a matchup is created. Uh, two matchups are created each round, with one player left on the on the on the table from each team, and then it continues on until all matchups are, are created. 
Yep. So there's nine people per team. There's nine games going on at once. It's just one round, and then the scoring was the same as CanCon scoring. So if you got a, a major win and all everything, your secondaries, your kill points, it's twenty zero, um, and so on and so forth. So we last year, being twenty nineteen, the first year the Kiwis won it three two, um, and it was just like wins versus losses. Uh, this year with all the the points, it's a bit different. Uh, so. Do you want to talk about matchups at all, Jimmy, or do you just want to get to the results? Uh, just or get Tubby, is anything you want to talk about in the? Oh, uh, man, Jimmy was the Jimmy was the matchup man. I um, I, I had nothing to do with any of it, so. Yeah, it Jimmy won hats. the weekend effectively. I, I yeah, Behind I think. The um, hats. I, I think I think Jimmy was the reason why we won the the ANZAC Cup, because. Um, we sort of threw out the matchups and we're like, give it a one to five, and everyone seemed to do it in about fucking twenty minutes with no conversation going on. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And Sean's sitting there like, bro, you haven't done your matchups. You're the last one. Hurry up. I'm like, how has everyone done them already? I haven't seen any chat about it. Um, and then Jimmy sat down and actually worked out some of them and 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 got some pairings going, and and I think that really helped us. Yeah, and we felt good about our pairings, didn't we, James? I think we had. Five or six wins in appearance, is that correct? Yeah, we had six favourable matchups, uh, two out of nine, two yeah. 50-50s and one um, unfavourable, which was uh, unfortunately Tubbs. But that's me. <laughs> yeah, Tubbs got bust hard. <laughs> yeah. So going through the results, we had um, our boy Aiden um, playing. Is it? It's not Night Haunt. It's Legends of Grief. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he played. Uh, Dave, sorry, Dave, I don't know your last name from Australia. Uh, Deacon, Dave Healy, yeah, so pretty sure. We'll go off that. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, Dave. So, sorry, mate, not trying to shun you, but I just don't know your last name. Um, and Dave won that 20 And we so every mission was border war, and everyone got to choose their secondaries, and like everyone just chose yeah. plant the flag secondaries. The secondary which, was a mistake, which, I think. The secondary which Aiden didn't, didn't which was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't do that, but whatever. Um, live and learn. And then we had, and that matchup I think we had is like a, a 50-50. Was that correct, Jimmy? Nah. That was a four. Um, that was a four. Aiden had been um, going I on I expected Aiden to do better. Yeah, yeah so I, I, think, I, think I, I think we had a choice. Um, we did. Between putting, putting Aiden on that one or Aiden on the other one, and Aiden, I think so, and 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 Aiden had just been all day going on about how he's going to like just destroy Deepkin, so I backed him. Uh, There's a down a little, but it didn't cost us, luckily. Yeah, I don't know how the matchup went, like the specifics of the match, but I figured the army that has mortal wound output from the heroes and can teleport and ignores rend would do well against the army that only has rend on the charge. But I don't know. I, I have no idea what happened there. Uh, the next matchup we had was Lee's Tempest Eye versus Liam's uh, Liam Burnett Blues OBR, um, and I think we had this down as a loss. This was like a an amber, a, a two for us. Is that correct? Uh, three. Lee, didn't, three. Lee didn't like this matchup, but Lee won sixteen four. So Lee did great there. Oh, yeah, Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah next so week, sorry. It was he was one of our fifty fifties, and yeah, it came definitely came through for us. Oh, yeah, and the timing of it was great. Uh, then we had James McGregor, um, who's another Tempest Idolist. We had play uh, Paul against the Swifthawks. Paul 
came in to the Australian team, I think, like the day of the event because Sam couldn't make it. Uh, James got an 18 2 win there, so that was good. That was sort of as expected. Uh, Jimmy, we had you against Gabe. Um, Gabe had Angels, you had Disciples. You 20 owed him. Yeah, yeah. Gabe got thrown under the bus, as, <laughs> I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, th- yeah. I think they both did when we dropped double zinch on them, and they were like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> no, they were not right. happy by that. Um, then we had Maddie Watkinson play Matt Tyrrell. Uh, so Maddie Watkinson had disciples of zinch. Matt Tyrrell had Nighthaunt. Maddie got an eighteen-two there, so that was another big one. Pretty much, we had our zinchless winning every matchup. I think it was, or very close to winning uh, every. Match- Oh, except but, the Ash, Hollins. was it? Ash uh, and Hollins. Hollins was the worst one for um, all our magic lists. Yeah. yeah. Is that Nick? Yeah, that's yeah. Nick's slaves list, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the five up ignore bloody spells. Yeah. yeah, 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 plus all the other bullshit. Yeah. And then we had Seth with his Moor Tribes play Ash McEwen with his Disciples as Inch. This was a... I remember feeling good about this when we paired it, but... Um, Ash won seventeen three. So, does anyone remember what that was prior to the uh, appearance? Uh, the the matchups, the yeah. lists. Yeah. Yes. So Seth with um, triple Frostlord on Stonehorn. No, 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 problems. not that can Like how was we a... felt about the matchup. Oh, I it think was a, I think it was, it was a three. Four or a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the other fifty fifty. Yeah. yeah. It was going to roll either way and roll either yeah. way hard. I think that game. And I think that's what they said. I think Seth was in his grill, but if he double-turned him or something, he would have tabled. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it went. Um, and then we had myself with my Stormcast versus Hayden, um, Hayden Walker's More Tribes, which is six beasts-less. I think that was a good matchup for me, or a 50-50. It definitely wasn't what I... <laughs> I got spanked. <laughs> Hayden got an 18 too. So what I said to Hayden is because Hayden won Sydney GT 2018 and I won Sydney GT 2019. So I said, Hayden, you're clearly the superior Sydney GT champion. Um, so, so I let Hayden have that. Um, but Hayden, I made one careless mistake, which was just so fucking lazy. Um, I didn't, I thought I'd measured well, but apparently I hadn't. And I effectively gave one of his Frost Lords, uh, one of his Stonehorns, sorry, an opportunity to get into my long strikes if they made an 11 inch charge and of course they did and he tabled me pretty much i after i lost my long strikes in turn two i was just like sweet i'm just gonna go for an all or nothing play and it didn't turn out so 18 two to hayden um i got my secondary that's what kept me in it tubs i've got you next first nick i don't yep. have the score for that uh 17 three to nick 17 three yeah this is real this is real interesting um i've never played teams before and i knew i got bust so my job was not to win but to lose well um if that makes sense so my sort of objectives for the game is i wanted 16 4 which means i kill a thousand i don't lose a thousand and i get my secondary um i think it's pretty unrealistic to stop someone's secondary on the way secondaries are worked um And I come close to not losing a thousand, but he pips Greg right out my list, and um, and that tips me over. So, man, that list was it was it was brutal, and it got me really keen for slaves as well. Already thinking about playing them, but some of the things he was doing um, with Balakor and Whispers was really cool. 
Got your dick wet. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, real good. And then the last matchup we had was um, Averian Reagan with his Legion of Night versus Chris Welfare's Sylvanaire. Which does anyone remember what the matchup for this one was? Like what we thought about it? Uh, four. Four. Oh, okay. So as expected. So Reagan won sixteen four. So the yeah. total result in that um, effectively we won five games. Australia won four out of the nine. So tight again, same as last year. You know, just one game separate separating it. The total score was ninety six to us, eighty four to the Aussies. So effectively a minor win difference. Um, yeah. is, is what we're looking at there. So we haven't, while we've won both years, we haven't like smashed them both years. It's literally been um, one game difference. So yeah, it was it was really good. And on the morning of Friday, I was hungover. I was tired. I didn't give a fuck. Um, I'm so glad Jimmy was there to pilot the parents because Jesus Christ, <laughs> no, I couldn't, couldn't do that. <laughs> Um, I didn't think I cared a whole lot about teams, in all honesty. I did it last year. I had the hype of it. But seeing everyone buy in and seeing everyone else's energy and how much it meant to all the other lads, I felt real shit at the end for losing my game and losing as quickly as I did. So the the teams was probably a highlight for me that weekend um, because everyone was so excited. Everyone was pumped. We get to rub it in the Aussie's face again. I get to put a big giant plaque on, the, on it now to cover up some of the space, you know, that's greedy Kiwis. They're coming to <laughs> they're coming to Notorious. They want to challenge us at Notorious for it, so it'll be two in one oh, year. Absolutely. That's when the dynasty will start. Doesn't matter. Bring your best team, Aussie. We'll still beat you. You know, shit. We we take your first place trophies. We take your woman. We take your Tasman Cup. It's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same old story over here. So that was that was it was awesome. It was awesome for me. It gave me a high. It gave me a high going into the weekend. The lads got up for it. They did great. Um, we were down three 0 in the first hour, I think it was, yeah. maybe the first hour and a half. We lost our first three games immediately. And then and we won uh, five of the last six, which was amazing. So I instantly said, fuck it, we've lost. We've lost 0-3. Don't care about this stupid thing. This is dumb as fuck. <laughs> and, and then I think we were 3-2, and then Dan was running around saying, Dan's running around, yeah. There's four games to go. It's 3-2 to Aussie. We're winning in three of the four um, Tubby being the one who wasn't winning, which we knew wasn't going to happen, and then the boys brought it home. So, yeah, that was that was amazing. It was great. You, you lads want to say anything quick about it? Uh, just MP, M, MVP um, MVP Lee for me. You know, busting out that fifty fifty game and, and getting the win against I, I OBR. Think, I think Len Len Regan Len Regan were definitely the um, yeah the Regan's unsung hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Welfare's no fucking pushover. And, um, Chris Welfare's no bitch, but it nah, helps I, when you don't know who he is, eh, Regan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you beat Chris? He's like, yeah, why? And I was like, man, <laughs> Chris has been fucking some shit up for a lot of time, man. Like, well done. Um, I think those two really fucking absolutely cranked it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, we did. Um, Sorry, Jimmy, you were saying something, I think? Uh, yeah, so it was yeah, just me and Maddie. Obviously, we were ex- expected to win. Obviously, we would have um, would have liked Tubbs to be on a, a guaranteed win as well, and then we'd only have to rely on two other people. But yeah, it was it was nice not having to rely on the um, the big names to to pull it out, and we can rely on the kind of the whole team. Mm. No, I think we did really well, really well as a team. I think Street was was really good having him walk around. He was like a mm. like a cap, team captain or team coach or something. 
but it was yeah. also super stressful because he walks around and he's like, we're down three games, Tubbs. I need you to win. And I was like, what the fuck? There's no way. <laughs> I'm playing for the loss. <laughs> Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I think the team did really well. Um, I think me, Seth, could have done better. Tubbs got thrown on a bus. I think the big outlier is probably Aiden. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know what happened during the match. Oh, he got uh, double turned, so he got, I think he got a little bit un- unlucky. I think, yeah, was it turn two to three and then yeah. three something attacks? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I remember him saying something like that because he was like, I can keep up with him as long as he doesn't double turn me because he can just keep bringing units back. But, um, I was a little hopeful there'd be more there, but that's all right. We, I mean, a win's a win, I guess, regardless if it's 12 points or not. Um, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, fuck, I got two points, so I can't. I can't talk to anyone about their games. <laughs> got the second lowest score in the team. What is <laughs> On a matchup, I didn't think it was that bad, but I didn't realize the amount of shooting and the amount of healing Hayden's army had. I totally underestimated that army, and Hayden pushed my poo in. Um, so good job, Hayden. You are a superior Sydney GT champion, but beyond that, yeah, we'll just leave it there. Um, do you guys want to take a quick break? I need to refill my drink. Sweet. Cool, and following the break, we'll come back and, I guess, talk about um, not so much matchups, but it'll be a fluid topic. I've just got lists at CanCon as a note, yep. so maybe the ramble. that they go as well as you wanted. I think we've covered off quite a bit of that already, especially with Jimmy, but I'll open up the floor to you guys. We're going to have a chat about something. We'll go from there. We'll be back in a minute, listeners. Stay tuned. Season 2. We are back, 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 We'll talk about our lists, which I fuck we're doing this out of order. We've probably should have done lists in how we how they went, eh? God, we're good at this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Jesus. I get all starstruck when we have Jimmy on, eh? So we'll talk about our lists at CanCon. Um, how did they meet the expectations that we set? Did they perform as well or worse or whatever? How did they go? How would a matchups, et cetera, et cetera? So not so much a game-by-game game breakdown, but with the benefit of hindsight, anything we would change, anything we would do differently, during, not specifically about our list, but during the games and so on and so forth. I just don't want us to sit here and talk about 18 games for the next three hours and bore the shit out of everyone that we are in the ears of right now. So, Tubby, you want to keep the same order? You want to kick it off, bro? Then I'll go to Jimmy Go. Yeah, man. Uh, talk, about, talk, talk, talk about lists. Um, so... On the way to CanCon, Sean sort of said, how how realistically do you want to go? And I said, I'm playing Gits, so 4-2 and two, I think is is realistic. Um, I'd be super pumped with a 5-1. and one. 
Now, at the end of CanCon, I went four and two. Um, but as Mr. Wilmot showed me, I had the highest strength of schedule in the entire tournament. So I was super pumped with the four and two when I found that out. Um, <clears throat> the games I lost, one was against Jimmy, um, which is a fucking... I, I need I need Jesus to take the wheel there to have any chance beating <laughs> beating Zinch with um with Grotz. Uh, our list is kind of similar, I guess. It's a they're both magic output armies with shooting a uh, bunch of bodies, um, but yeah, odds odds of me beating Jimmy was very fucking low, and he made short work of me. What do you reckon, Jimmy? Ah, Starstruck, I don't think it helped. Uh, you not being able to score turn one was a, a big yeah. um, detriment to your uh, success. Yeah. Yeah. I, basically, I just tried to zone Jimmy um, so he couldn't take all the space on the board. Uh, zone out my heroes so he couldn't trade for my heroes. Uh, they're a really important part of my list. And if he kills Scragrot or um, even in the little casters or the spider too early, it's pretty much GG. Um and yeah, you got the double turn two into three, I think it was, and just fucking took me off all over. Can't I just said don't talk about games? No, no, that's fine. Just a fun just fact. Talk about, talking about Jimmy. Um, and just, then. Just a slide in there. No, 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 no. Shut up. Um, while you're talking about strength for schedule, I've just checked all our strength for schedule. So just yeah. fun fact. Uh, so, Tubby, you're number one, um, yeah. as we mentioned. Uh, Jimmy, you're 14th on strength for schedule. Um, <laughs> And I'm 27th, so we're out of 223 players, we're all in the top. Um, you guys are definitely in the top 10%. Um, I'm just outside the top 10% with strength schedule. Not that it means anything, but just, you know, yeah. it's no cake that's, for anyone it, here. It's a good way to look back at your list and you're like, did I have a real hard time or did I just play shit? And sort of looking back at it and looking at strength schedule, I was like, oh, I think I played pretty, pretty good all weekend. Yeah, well, it helped me last year when I didn't, when I bummed out, I guess. I played, I think the lowest opponent I played finished like 51 yeah, or something. So it gives you a little bit of, I guess, solace maybe in, in the fact that you might have not met expectations. But whatever, I've hijacked your segment. Go ahead. No, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I was real happy with the list. I've played it for ages. Um, nothing surprised me about it. Realms was great. Realms was super good. Having flesh to stone in my pocket and an extra teleport, so I got double teleport, was pretty pretty nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, I think the pack was pretty well designed for a magic army to take the tournament out. So I'm not really surprised that um, a Zinch army took it. Could have been a Hallow Heart. It could have been you know, it could have been a Nagash, Petrogash. Um, we were talking about Jimmy winning it on the lead up and, and he did it with Zinch, so that was sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, super happy with it. I was super surprised. I played KO and um, they shot my whole army off, which was fucking unreal in about three <laughs> turns. It's uh, 172 wounds with a spider that's a nightmare to try and kill. And he blasted it off. So uh, leaving Australia, I have a KO boner and a Slaves to Darkness uh, magic output list boner. So... We'll see what that turns into this year. Yeah, these people um, knocking the KO book. I've been. Fuck I read no. it. I read it, eh? And I'm like, well, uh, are you sure? Yeah. A, that that a the gold with the reroll wound rolls with the triumphs and there's just so much damage there. 
yeah the um the mobility is fucking amazing i love the new ko book i love the maneuverability i looked at it and went is there enough damage output i know the ship's got a massive bump and now they're actually scary pieces on the board um but after playing cron i was like holy fuck this is yeah yeah they're not they're not they're not down on damage output at all they're probably the same as they were before takes a bit more playing to get the to get everything out of it yeah it's not um, as obvious as just chucking the chemists on the on, on the big block anymore 40 is it? archonauts or a no. whole bunch of balloon boys no no it's it's more um it's more position well delete position well delete and and you will so so yeah that army's got me pretty excited um much to hayden's disgust we've been wanting him up in the chat all day that i'm gonna play ko and steal his badge off him so We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> how did um? How did you find your list, Sean? Uh, yeah. I mean, I made a pretty funny stage with my list. I decided before going to CanCon that this is the last I was going to play at a shootcast because I've been doing it for eighteen months and it's getting pretty boring. Um, the games I won, so in four two to just jump to the end. The games I won, I won hard. Like I, I clearly won. Um. I guess Chris Welfare. I did get a minor win in one of them, but we were playing Blood and Glory against Fire Slayers, and I was just not going to be able to remove that whole Fire Slayers army the way it was set up. Um, but I comfortably won a minor in that one. Chris Welfare, I won by seven, eight points, I think it was, um, in Border War. So that was, I guess, comfortable enough. The other two games, I like tabled the guys in two or three turns. Uh, the games I lost, more importantly, the two games I lost. Uh, so I lost Escalation by a point which was hard to swallow that was against the fire slayers i mean it had a magnetic firewall that just never left the game and all the heroes just stayed within an inch of it didn't realize that it blocks line of sight even if you are uh, like between the model as long as anything's within an inch of it you can't see the model so um the eels could do the work there which was a bit of a bit of a stink situation but it is what it is lost by one point in that um the the firewall stayed up from turn one to turn five had that dropped at any one point i would have won the game easy um, and then the other game I lost was three places of power against the Ardnef army, and that one I lost by one point as well. Um, again, the same sort of thing. Um, I had an opportunity to to kill the heroes. Oh, yeah, had I won a priority role, I would have probably won that game as well. Um, yeah, all my opponents are sweet. I was pretty bored of the list going into it. I was pretty low on it. I wouldn't. In revisionist history, I would have paid more attention to magic because the pack actually was really good for magic armies. I probably would try to fit some evocators in there. Um, actually, no, I wouldn't have because they can't cast the spells. Um, I would have tried to fit more mages in there, maybe combat mages, which Stormcast don't really have outside of a troll on. But I yeah. might have. I was very underprepared. Army. Yeah, different I was very... to be able to actually take control of that. Yeah, I feel like I'm starting to be sort of punching at about as high as Stormcast can get. Um, I'm pretty sure someone else playing some cast finished better than me this weekend, but I don't know. I feel like I've come pretty close to the ceiling with what I got. The other list I was going to take was a Star Drake list, which I was having a lot of fun with beforehand, but then I played Tubby and he just rolled me in two turns before the event, so I, I can that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit silly. Um, I would have paid more attention to Magic. I would have read the fucking secondaries. I would have remembered that denying your opponent's secondaries scores you points because in my fourth game when I lost... I was like, oh, I've lost this game, whatever. I'll just like move my judicators over here and they're going to shoot these guys and try to get some kill points. And then my opponent, and this was turn five, as when I lost the game, and then my opponent's like, okay, cool, I'm going to put my eels into him, I'm going to kill him. 
And I was like, oh, okay, it's a bit over the top. And he was like, no, I need it for my secondary. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, had I remembered that, I would have ran my adjudicators away. And that way I would have got like an 18-2. I would have lost eight. I sort of lost, but I would have lost 18-2 instead of losing 20-0. Yeah. Um, so the preparation for this event was not at the level that it was last year. Um, where last year I feel like I lost on a bad matchup and then I lost because I was too busy crying about losing the first game. This year I felt like the, the four games I won, I won pretty convincingly. And then the two games I lost, I lost by B's dick, as our friend Michael would say from Dubin Darkness. Um, I mean, losing by one point in both games was pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I I would play the list again. I wasn't expecting as many cities armies. I wasn't expecting to play three Fire Slayers. I played um, one Sylvan F, three Fire Slayers, one more Tribes, and one Iden F. And I lost to one of the Fire Slayers, and I lost to one of the Iden F. Uh, it was 2D Iden F, sorry. I only played one of them. Um, and the Iden F game was super close. Again, one point, and the Fire Slayers army was just because that fucking magnetic firewall or whatever it's called. But I mean, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I'm done to be, I'm, I'm glad to be done with that army. I'm going to play my corn until my elves come out. Um, I might have tried to get some skinks in the list, but as I said, my army has no fat. I've got no room for skinks with the list set up as it is because the elves are 340 points and skinks are 70 points, so it's 10 points over. Um, I could maybe move my hunters around and make him a hero but I don't really think for 110 points there's anything else that I could have taken that would have been because like everything had a very specific role in my army right and like if I drop a relicted and I have less teleportation I guess I could drop the hunters and put a vexilla banner in because I had 10 points left over for a triumph but like chucking in like a Lord Castellan on foot instead of those hunters is just kind of like, what are you doing? I guess I get like D6 mortal wounds a turn maybe, but I'd, I'd almost need the five bodies there because my army only has like 32 bodies in there and nine of them have no armor save and two wounds apiece being the, the Aether wings. So maybe I could have put more birds in, you know, maybe had five units of birds. Yeah. They could have been cool now that I think about it. But um, I would have just paid more attention to pack. I would have tried to prep, prep more. I would have tried to play not only the scenarios, but the scoring that CanCon offered. And it's silly because I have like a friend group around me and my preparation that I could have done that with quite easily. But I was just like, no, nah, I just play CanCon scenarios, not so much the scoring. Yeah. Um, I would have read the missions before the day, before the day before, if I was doing it all over again. Um, yeah, I think my list, as long as it has decent matchups, I'll be all right. And probably the worst matchup is honestly is Nighthorn. Because I have 18 shots a turn, doing up to 36 damage a turn. Um, against Zench, it doesn't mind it so much, because Zench has shit armor saves. As yeah. long as you're not Destiny Dice janking me out of it. Uh, against your army, Tubby, it's pretty cancerous, because you can hide your heroes behind scenery, zero shit, minus two to hit. Yeah. yeah, I'm killing shit. Like, my army is very good at killing like elite stuff with good saves. It sucks when it has to kill, you know, like... 140, 140 grots. grots. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fucking dumb. I'm killing something. I'm getting no return for it. Like when I got the Fire Slayers matchup, so the first Fire Slayers matchup we got was Hermdart, and I was like, fucking sick. And it was three units of 20 berserkers, Volkite berserkers, or whatever they're called, half go, I don't know, the guys with the four up after save, and like six heroes. Immediately shot off the general turn one, so they lose the minus one to wound bubble. Um, next turn I kill like three more heroes, and then I kill one out of 20 blocks. Next turn I kill. The last hero and the other 20 block and then turn four to guy concedes because he's got like 12 
dudes left and I've got like my whole army minus 10 birds, nine birds. Um, and that was more or less like the fire size match. I was like, my army can dismantle heroes from a great distance very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got good matchups. I mean, the more tribes when I played Sean, the more tribes was very good for me. Playing Chris's Sylvanef was good for me. The line of sight blocking was frustrating. The fire slayers were all good for me. Um, and Iden F1 is another tricky one where I actually have to sort of apply some sort of strategy and fought behind the the mission. But I put my long strikes in the sky to go. He gave me first turn. He left Volturnus at the back of the board, undefended. I dropped my long strikes. I traded my long strikes for his Volturnus in turn one. He only had three heroes. I had four. I figured if I could remove one of them and then have him turn his army back around at me, that was a fair trade-off. And of course, he turned his army back around at me, killed long strikes. That was fine. He was nowhere near the objective. And then he, his other two heroes were the guys who make you charge fast. Are they Tidecasters? Is that what they're called? Uh, or Soul Spires? Soul Yeah. Yeah, they come on the board. He deployed them on the board. He deployed them like as far away from the objective in three places of power as you could. We roll off for priority. Had I won that priority, I score another three points and win the game at that point because the game only went four free to him. So... Yeah, that was I. Yeah, I enjoyed the list, but I'm pretty over talking about it to be honest. I'm not very excited about it. I'm ready for something new. Bring on the elves, but we'll play corn in the meantime. Yeah, hearing about your um your Star Drake reminded me like a little mini game I had to myself over CanCon, and that was like tally up the artifact. What, tally yeah, tally up which artifacts I stole. Um, so I didn't get any real cool ones. I didn't get any e amulets or any eighth quartz brooches, but I got two brand of the Sparts. I got a sort of judgment and I got Chris's one on his tree Lord ancient, which worked the combo. So healed D three, um, every time he cast or something. So I was pretty happy with that. It's like five, five artifacts out of six games. If you want and a reason does, to play good. So if you cast on a 10 plus with Scraggy, you steal the artifact. And when you got plus three to cast, it's pretty easy to do if they're in range. Um, if you want a reason to play gets, you want a reason to play Green Zinch that's not as good? It's pretty fucking funny looking at the eye when you take the artifact that's like a key linchpin to the army. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's really good. Cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah, after those, after Tubby loving his army and me being flat on my army, Jimmy, how do you feel about your world beating army? Um, yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of prep. With my army, um, I ended up only playing one game of Zench prior. Um, and I didn't really get tested until game six. And I think that's why I was I was a bit flustered game six. So I don't know if there's anything I'd change. I, I, I prefer the more magic heavy rather than the shooting heavy. Magic lets you kind of remove a unit from an objective and then move on onto it with... Um, during the movement phase, I think that played quite a lot during uh, mine and Tubbs' game. You know, I was able to remove. He 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 ran up grots within three inches of me, and normally that would mean like I couldn't move for the turn. But because I was able to remove the whole unit of grots in the magic phase, then yep. move forwards and remove stuff in the shooting phase as well, and then make a charge. Yeah, it just it's yeah. I, I love I love that that kind of magic phase, and it's just what I've always played. So I don't it's... know if I'd change much. It's so good the, when you can remove large amounts of things in the magic phase. It gets around that whole the issue that Sean runs into all the time where he can shoot things off 
and that's fucking easy kill them off an objective but then you can't get onto the objective um but since you know magic phase is happening before you even start moving if you can zap something off an objective you just walk one or two dickheads on there and take it yeah and that's it like that's why i sort of had to play in the a for wing jank the way i was by like like they they blocked fuck all this weekend they were more trying to score objectives for me and that's why i'm i'm like from some of the rumors i've heard about the elves it's got my dick a bit chub because i'm looking forward to being able to get cunts off in the in the hero phase instead of in the shooting phase and then being able to fill those gaps sort of like what we talked about last time what i rented about at masters um yeah. doing some output in the hero phase having output in the hero phase in my mind especially after playing this list this shooting list the last 18 months um I'd pay a premium for that, you know. If I can blow shit up and then move into the gap, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Especially with the change host, you know, I I, I was able to change host both the changeling and the change caster for three to kind of five casts and blow up anything and then use my summoning points just to place a unit onto the objective. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's fucking money. That's real good. What were you primarily summoning? Pinks or Flamers? Or Exalted, sorry. Um, Exalted and Blues. Exalted and Blues, yeah. Yeah, yes. Are they the significantly blues... cheaper, the Blues? Yeah, Yeah, they're 10, 10 points for oh, yeah. 20 wounds. Yeah. So you can, you can get that every turn if you get all your spells off, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they shoot 20 shots. Um, rend one, you know, it's... it's, it's pretty decent if, you, if especially if i put them inside my bubble yeah 12 inch range so you can shoot off the off the summon yeah yeah really good really good cool anything else to touch on your list sorry it's just mid vapes i was hoping you'd keep talking but <laughs> <laughs> you kind of left there. Um, <laughs> sorry listeners yeah i don't think it got it got overly tested at um cancon obviously six was a, a super oh. close just six was shade to all your opponents, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Australia. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they were hard melee armies, especially playing like three Warclans armies. <laughs> like, I just after coming off um, winning Masters with Warclans, I don't, I don't even need to prepare for those those games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I guess you're sort of in a holding pattern as well because you've got an FAQ that could effectively drop any day. I assume, they're, I assume the GW team, well, I hope the GW team is reviewing the matches from the weekend. You know, you had LVO, you had CanCon, you had Warhammer World Heat 1. You had, like, well, almost 500 people playing AOS over a weekend. I hope they're looking at some of the the trends um, and some of the outcomes and maybe how those outcomes were achieved. More importantly, not so much just the armies, but specifically how those armies achieved those outcomes um mainly thinking destiny dice mechanic being unmodified mm. and uh, i mean i know what the intent is the intent is for you not to go i cast on a 10 with my destiny dice but i have plus four so it's a 14 so that's that's the intent they want to stop that shit but effectively by stopping that shit they've also stopped the rending attacks they've stopped the battle shock they've stopped all the other stuff so i don't know your army could look very different in the next few days jimmy hopefully it doesn't because people will go, oh yeah, he won that before the FAQ, and there's always going to be cunts to say that, but whatever, you know. Oh, that's alright, I've got stronger lists coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just keep big dicking it, bro. I want to <laughs> let you take it, Matt. 
because Matt Campbell didn't know what the mission was, and that's cool. So I'll keep big dicking it too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so the last top, well, second to last topic I have here is if we're done with this, lads, you're more than welcome to keep talking. Tell me to shut up. It's fine. Not fussed. Um, second last topic here I have is the CanCon experience. So as you two, Jimmy and Tubbs, you hadn't been to CanCon before. I did it last year. So it wasn't as new to me, but there was definitely newer aspects of CanCon to me this year. Um, how do you, how do you rate it? Was it worth the money? Was it worth the time off work? Was it worth feeling shit all week? Would you do it again? What would be your recommendations to other people, especially from New Zealand, wanting to travel to CanCon? You know, um, Tubby, you want to you want to take the lead on this yeah, one, man. and then we'll yeah. back to Tubbs. I mean, to Paige. Um, CanCon was worth every fucking cent. It was absolutely top notch. Um, the carousel was cool. I don't know if I'd do it next year. Um, not take anything away from being at the carousel. That was sweet. Get to meet heaps of people at the carousel. Um, but most of the time, we fucked off and went different places and hung out with different groups of people and did all kinds of shit. And it was fucking awesome. My liver needs a break. My lungs need a break. I need to sleep um, for more than two hours a night. But it was all worth it. My hands in a fucking splint. My head's sore. It ruined my body. It ruined my fucking insides. But man, what a fucking weekend. It was fucking mint. I'd absolutely do it again. Jimmy? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think the, the, the gameplay was at any different level from New Zealand. So if you're expecting to go over it and, and face like, yes, kind of like a... Yes, we're going balls deep. Keep going. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Right like, over Jimmy. Put down, Jimmy. <laughs> Notorious was definitely a, a higher level for me, but obviously I played two Aussies. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to go mute so I can wank. But apart from that, yeah, it was, a, it was definitely an awesome time. Definitely coming back next year and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, yeah. What do you reckon, Sean? Was it as good this year as it was last year? Oh, I did it last year. So last year for me, it was all about the gaming. Yeah, I wanted to go to Australia and I wanted to say, hey, us in New Zealand know how to play this game too. Um, Australia's a lot of rightfully so, but maybe we should get some luck too. So it was a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I came like 18th, I think, last year, um, which at the time I was quite happy with. It was 190-odd players. Uh, I got to meet a huge amount of people last year. You know, I got to meet Clint for the first time, who I've now met what, three or four times since then. Yeah. Um, and we're like, we chat, we're, I'd call us mates, even out yeah, of Warhammer. You know, stay, sat in my stay, stays at your house, fucking yeah, whatever. Fucking yeah. loves him, man. He's got a lot of time for Clint. You know, I got to see the, uh, the, the Kiwi boys that I don't see, like, street. I don't get to see him a lot. Um, don't get to see Jimmy a lot, maybe a couple of times a year. You know, I've probably seen Clint more times this year than I have those two guys put together, to be fair. Uh, I got to meet Jim and Darkness, who I'm a big fan of, and all this shit last year. So last year was just like a big culture shock and a bit of like, hey, let's play games, let's do this. Oh my God, I'm at a tournament that's over 100 players. This is like now my third tournament that's been over 100 players. All that sort of shit. 
this year it was more about the social and less about the gaming because I developed those relationships after meeting these people for the first time. So it was, I'm going to go get to hang out with my Aussie family and like my Kiwi mates can come along too. And it's going to be a great time. And what I keep comparing it to is like, and some people might disagree with me, so I'll expand on this for a little bit. So when I was a kid at school, when I was like, I don't know, 12, I loved going on school camp because you got to do all this cool shit like i don't know outdoorsy shit and your parents weren't there more importantly it was just like you were hanging out with your mates for a week going away and doing fun shit but doing cancon is like doing that again but you're in your 20s or 30s you have money your parents still aren't around there's no fucking teachers <laughs> you can drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can do all this fun shit and effectively it's like a boys trip and you're doing CanCon because you have the, or you're doing Warhammer because you have the common interests, but actually you get talking to the people off the table and they have a lot, of, like a lot of common interests too and a lot of shit and you go have a drink with them or you just chat, shop, Warhammer and stuff like that. So I had more fun. Why my results weren't as good at this CanCon as they were last year. I had more fun at this CanCon, hands down. I am so glad I, I went. I will continue to go as long as I can. Um, as long as I'm not broke or an invalid. Um, I want to see the Melbourne boys. I want to see the Queensland lads. I want to see the Sydney boys. You know, there's so many names I could rattle off. I'm probably going to miss someone, so that's why I'm hesitant to start rattling off names. Uh, I wish we could help Clint more. The guy had a hard time over the weekend with the down in the pairing system that didn't work too well. Um, you know, I got to see the Bendigo boys again, which is it's probably the only time I'm going to get to see the Bendigo boys because, like, no offence to the Bendigo lads, but I'm probably not going to travel to Bendigo for a tournament when I could just fly into like Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane. Um, I could fly into Cancun too, but we don't. But I'm probably not going to go to Bendigo for a tournament. Um, nothing against them. It's just, why would I when I can go to the other hubs and do that sort of shit? So it's a, it's a really good time to catch up with all these people you've been talking to on the internet. And it was, uh, I agree, Tubby. I wouldn't do the Karato again. I think I'm pretty pretty adamant that's not going to happen for myself you know for yeah. the others go ahead do it you do you but for me i think i won't um i want a bed that's like decent um well, we spent most nights outside of the carousel anyway it was really only the... we we did but when i'm sleeping four hours and uh, three hours a night whatever yeah. i just on my fit but the, the 18 hours of sleep we had in five days <laughs> um you know, I, I kind of want to sleep somewhere slightly, slightly nicer, but we'll see. I, I, I love every minute of it, and it fucking blinks and it goes. And I think I said that to to Reagan or Aiden on the first night. I was, they were like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? We got so much time." I was like, "Boys, you just, you wait. You know, you'll fucking, you know, and it's gone, sort of thing." And it was, it was exactly that. It was got there on the first day, had a big night on Thursday, felt shit on Friday, did Tasman Cup Friday, felt better, did the barbecue, got to meet people. Played Warhammer Saturday, went out Saturday, had like a 26-hour day on Saturday, slept two or three hours, went out again Sunday, did that again, and went to the Dwellers City in Megacast on the Sunday. All of a sudden, you wake up and it's it's Monday morning, and you're like, fuck, I have to pack my bag, I have to pack my army up, I have to drive two hours back to Canberra, this is bullshit. You know, um, absolutely love it. I love all, all the welcomeness, all the inclusion of the Australian scene. I love that I can see Rob from the Honest War Game. Uh, I love Men Vince. That was something that I didn't expect to do until I got to America in five years' time or so. Um, Joe Pagano coming out from Rage of Sigma. That guy's like a 
literally like a brother from another mother. Yeah, like, he's a fucking big-time legend. Love that boy. Um, I didn't expect Joe to be as much of a fucking actual fucking dude I want to hang out with C all the time as as I did. He's, he, 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 he was the highlight, one of the highlights for me, old, old Joe's fucking good cunt. Oh, absolutely. I was, he was... He was just there loving every minute of it and just yep. partied his ass off and made as much time as he could for everyone. As, as I think Vince did as well. Yeah. Uh, and Clint, Clint somehow does that all the time. Like I could bug, I probably bugged him like two dozen times in the weekend about random trivial shit. And the guy's like got crisis going on. I'm just like, cool. I'm just, hey, bro, I just want to talk to you real minute, like real quickly about, I don't know, like the smoke in Canberra or whatever. And he's just like, fuck off. I'm doing a tournament. I'm like, ah, okay. You know, like... He, he, they always have time for you, and it's really cool. It's it's super cool being able to travel two or three thousand kilometers or however far Canberra is with fourteen other lads. Having a guy from Scotland stay with us, Jesus! I've got to yeah. mention that Stuart Sean, absolute legends. They were thrown into like a hostile territory into a cabin with eight other dudes. Yeah, and we were just like, "Yo, hope you feel welcome. We're gonna do it this way. And if you don't, tough shit. I know you've got a forty-hour flight back home, but this is what's happening." And they were super on board for everything. I loved it. You know, it's just there's not enough time in the day when you go to when you go to King Kong. Um, I'd 100% recommend it to everyone who doesn't matter if you game. As long as you like to have a good time, you don't have to drink. You don't have to stay up till all hours of the morning like we do. That's that's a myth. You don't have to do any of that shit. No. Genuinely, when you get there and the people you meet, you will fall in love with because they all have a similar interest. Being Warhammer. And you'll find they have other similar interests, like, I don't know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or some shit. It's, it's like there's always another nerd culture thing there. And then beyond that, there's normally something else. You know, people have interesting jobs. People have interesting life situations. People have interesting backstories. Seth. Seth can tell stories all night. It's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, I fucking love CanCon, and I'm going to keep going as long as I can. Yeah, just and... just, just touching on, like, in the build-up, um, I jumped in the Aussie Discord server and... You know, I just jumped in on Discord with, with Clint and Chris and fucking yarn just, you know, just they didn't know who I was, but you know, just have a good yarn to me for hours on end each night while we hobbied to, to get our stuff ready. Obviously he was getting terrain ready while I was getting my army ready, but yeah, it's just, just nice to have um just, yeah, how how friendly and inclusive they are. Yeah, and that's it, like People think because someone has a podcast or an ego or whatever it is that drives them to record themselves and put it on the internet, that they're not going to be approachable and they're not going to have time for like common folk, but they do, like they no, genuinely absolutely. do, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's what I love about it is that we're all just there with the same interest, with the same passion, we all make, we all take the same time out of our lives, you know, us maybe a little longer than someone who lives in Sydney and then obviously the Scottish guys and the, and the guys in America take more time out than we do. So, you know, there's always a bigger fish out there, guys, I guess. Uh, and I just fucking, and I love it. And like me and Tubbs had a, had a mate, Luke, come and talk to us on the Sunday. Well, he talked to me Sunday. I don't know when he talked to you, Tubby. And yeah, it was awesome. Sunday, yeah. Just just a dude that just came up and just said hi, you know, like, and we just had a yarn and we've been chatting since. And like, I hope, I hope to see that guy going forward, you know, like, it's just shit like that. You just want the community to be inclusive. And it is. It totally is. And there's like no bullshit. There's minor dramas, but fuck that. And it's just a fucking great time. I love it. I love events. I love how they make everyone feel. I love that they bring everyone together. I wish we had 250 player events in New Zealand because I'd love to see all my mates for four days at a time. You know? 
Yeah, obviously, um, winning helps, but I think I got like thirty or forty. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> thirty or thirty or forty friends requests on on Facebook after the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like everyone's so chill and just wants to fucking meet everyone and hang out and you get along with so many people as well it's yeah it's so cool it's so cool we there <laughs> Batey did we lose Bates I just did a whole section on mute that's so good <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so fucking good. And you guys stopped and I just kept talking. Um, all right. So I'll try to recap what I said, which was we'll move on from that section because it kind of ties in with the next section. And the last little bit of the last note I had written down on this envelope that I'm using for show notes was uh, love. Is there any love that you guys wanted to give out to anyone specific? Communities at large? whatever like did you want to shout out anyone did you want to say thanks to anyone did you want to i, I don't know like, tubby did you have anyone you wanted to mention or any community you wanted to mention or or anything to sort before we wrap this up because that's where we're going with this yeah so like as sean was touching on before just want to say a massive thank you to everyone and anyone that come up and said hello and um said nice things about the podcast uh guys like luke and another guy sean that i met on the last day um, I think he was Stormcast player that finished above you with um, Soulstrike Brotherhood. Is that what it's called? Um, Possibly. Yeah, and the Scottish guys, Stu and Sean, you guys were fucking awesome. Um, the, the whiskey was great. The Vance was awesome. Uh, so good to catch up with Rob and finally, finally meet him. Um, I had the massive amount of FOMO last year from not not being able to meet Rob, and um, he was just the genuine dude that i kind of thought he was kind of thought and hoped he was going to be um yeah there's no bullshit there like i mean nah. rob's, very, rob's very opinionated yeah and he, he says a lot of things but like that's just who he is and yeah. if you go find him at an event midstream like just after he's finished doing a three-hour show like he has time for you and that's what i meant beforehand like where all these people just have time for you so yeah anyway yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have started on names, um, <laughs> but yeah, all all the Sydney guys, the ones that come over to Notorious, um, Liam and Hayden. It was real good to catch up with them. All all the big boys. The the one thing I'm disappointed is I didn't go and um, have have much of a chat to um, from Michael Michael from Doom and Darkness. Um, that was kind of my bad. I disappeared every time we sort of got a, a chance to say hello, and then yeah, Michael's a big dog. You can't actually. You can't actually talk to Michael. He's a big dog. <laughs> well, he pulled me over and he's like, hey, come have a chat. Or we're like, yeah. I haven't really seen you. And then I basically fucking walked straight off with Clint and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I should go back. Um, and then all of a sudden we're jumping in a van going somewhere. So uh, he's, he's one of the guys I definitely need to make make uh, a spot for next year and, um, and instead of walking back to the fridge for another beer. But yeah, can't give enough love to all the Aussies, um, everyone that traveled, the Scottish guys, all the guys from America, um, Rob, and um, and don't forget Randy from Tassie. Good old Randy. Uh, what about you, James? Did you meet anybody that was real, real, real cool? Get along with anybody? In... Oh, just everyone. Um, yeah, as I said, just just lots of uh, lots of friends made. Um, 
all talking to them still on on Facebook. Um, you know, edit, edit, Ash, edit, um, Simon in my last my last game. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome guy. Um, yeah, I'm not going to throw out too many names because I'll end up forgetting some. I just want to check out. Yeah, the it's a tanks. trap, bro. Don't start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will throw out one to Dan Street because um, I spent since September kind of going over um how pre- preparations what the fucking nerd <laughs> you know what the worst part is spent <laughs> spent spent what three or four months on walklands and then just throw it all out the window i i had like five or six spreadsheets and threw it all out the window and just played zench in the last last minute <laughs> yeah you saw the book and you're like <laughs> yeah this will do yeah change race again let's go this yeah i think list. um i think i saw a spoiler in one one of our chats with Sean, and I just reposted say, "Yep, Eternal Con flag. That's what I'm playing. That's broken as fuck." <laughs> oh, bro! When we saw that, it was just I was at work on a Friday, and it was boring. And I think it was the same for you. And I was just sitting there going, "Jimmy, you're gonna ruin some people. They are gonna quit Warhammer after this. <laughs> this is just your fucking wet dream in reality." It's just I, just, I can't believe how well. Just everything fell in, fell in place for me to to take the win, um, and just so much support I got. You know, like being on stream was was amazing. Having my mates back in Hamilton, who barely play the game, and have them and their wives kind of watching, um, is such a great feeling. You know, I'm, I'm big ups to Rob and um, for streaming us, and yeah, that's such an amazing feeling having that kind of support back home. And you know the Age of Sigma, uh, the Age of Sigma New Zealand page was going nuts. Had Discord channels going nuts. It was, yeah, it definitely felt like a bit of a celebrity. It was, it was, it was fantastic. It's, yeah, time of my life. Fucking stroke the ego much. <laughs> <laughs> live it up, uh, live it up. All right, I'll try throw some shout outs here quickly. Um, first shout out to all the Kiwi lads and the Scottish guys we travelled with. Uh, that was awesome. Thanks for putting up with our shit this weekend. Because some of us were there just to play Warhammer, some of us were there to get fucked up. Uh, so thanks to the guys who were there on a different wavelength than, than myself. So it was awesome. Uh, thanks to Rob for coming out. Um, I know the, like everyone kind of paid for you to come out, but he does put in work and he puts in a lot of effort. And I think it shows in the product that he delivers as well. Um, he's he's a man who cares about what he does. He, he's not there willy-nilly throwing out whatever the fuck he can there's a lot of um, hard that goes into Rob's work, eh? Yeah. Also, shout out to the fact that half the games was had Kiwis involved in them. Uh, so we had Reagan on yeah. round three, uh, and then we had Jimmy round five and round six. And what Jimmy tells me is, watch round five because that's a masterclass round, and round six is uh, the him geeking out round because he's on to come down or some shit. Um, Shout out to all the lads I shared a drink with, had a laugh with, you know, had a hug with over the weekend. Uh, Luke, uh, the coach, Ash McEwen, Jesse, Matt Terrell, it's great to actually have a yarn to you. Chris, welfare, fucking love you, man. Joe Pagano, special place in my heart forever and always. Randy, always. Melbourne boys, dwellers, Hohen. Indigo guys. Yeah, it, just, I can't, I'm going to sit so, here and yeah. Gabe, yeah. like... Gabe had a good fucking chat on the on the Sunday. Um, yeah, just big love to all of you. And then lastly, just big shout out to Clint. 
uh, from Herald to War and Dennis from Herald. He's not here at all. He's failed charge, I think, now. Or he just he's just Dennis, I think. He's, he's just, just Dennis. Dennis I think. Yeah. Um, Jimmy and Michael, all the support crew. Um, but especially Clint for doing CanCon, for coming out and saying he's doing it again, despite whatever rumors that were apparently circulating that he wasn't going to do it. Down under Perrin said, fuck up. We didn't really touch on it in this podcast, but I'm pretty sure other podcasts will. And I'm just sort of sprinting oh. to the finish to wrap this up. Yeah. But there were some delays. Clint felt extremely disheartened by it. It wasn't Clint's fault whatsoever. Um, I guess it's his fault for choosing the scoring system, but to be fair, if I was a TO of a tournament that size, I wouldn't want to be doing all the scores manually, so it empowers him to do more TOing and less admin. So I fully get what he's doing there, and I, I endorse it, but I think he handled it like a sir. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything else to sort of shout out in that area. Uh, what I'll do is I'll quickly wrap up the scores of the Kiwi lads. So Jimmy obviously came first. Um, big dick energy. Apparently Jack Armstrong doesn't know shit and James is the champion of the world. <laughs> uh, best chaos first, 6-0. and oh, You know, just plebs, stop it. Australia, stop having forge world trophies because we're going to keep coming over and we're going to keep winning them. <laughs> I'm looking at a first place Forge World trophy right now. Jimmy's got a first place. He's got a best in faction. You boys ain't got no hope. Give it up. Uh, so, Jimmy first. Seth Cook, Goomboss, came 33rd. He went 4 2 with more tribes. Tubby, one spot behind him, 34th. 4 2 of Gloomspite. Uh, Maddie Watkinson, 38th. 4 2 of Zinch. Uh, just a quick shout out to Maddie. He was winning, I think, overnight. Yeah. After three games, or yeah, he, was second? Six, he was he was, he was top table. Flat. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was maxed out. Yeah, so Maddie was actually uh, right up the top for the, the first four rounds, I think, from what I understand. And then he he made one minor mistake, um, which sort of derailed him, from what I understand. But that was a it was a great showing for Maddie. He's also a long term Zinch player. He's not someone who just jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, our friend Lee came fortieth with Tempesai. He went four and two. Cameron King with Seraphon. Before the new book, four and two. Uh, myself, I came 61, four and two Stormcast. I got a minor win, so I'm sort of the king of the dick poo, four twos, I guess, at the bottom. Uh, Reagan, three and three, Legion of Night. Uh, Reagan was the number one who was doing really well day one, and then I think he stumbled on day two. Uh, James McGregor, one, 109, uh, three and three Tempestai. Fraser Baker, uh, 119, three and three more tribes. Uh, John Owenzor, Nice and reasonably going three and three with 136 with more tribes. And then our boy, the free two prints, going four two, eight and nickel, 167 um, out of 230 odd players. So two, two four. Huh? Two four. Two four. What did I say? Yeah. You said four two. I've had a couple of gins. I was trying to boast his ego. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gone two four. So Aiden, um, yeah, went two four instead of three two. I don't know. I, I knew there was a two in there somewhere. And that that's how the Kiwis went. So all of us went 500, being free and free, or better, other than Aiden. Uh, so I think we definitely did well. I think Jimmy obviously takes the cake for winning it, but we got, Absolutely. we got five in the top 40. So that's pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, well done, lads. I hope you all come next year. I hope you all had as good a time as I did. 
um and i hope we we do it again i hope we keep winning aussie tournaments because this is just going to be hilarious <laughs> yeah, so fantastic. i'm also low-key trying to prod on all the aussies to come to notorious so um come win our tournaments because you can't win your own um <laughs> and speaking of that's a that's a low-key fucking you know segue straight into notorious so i'm gonna start posting up shit about notorious gt pretty soon guys now that cancon's done I'm going to have the energy, hopefully, in the next week or so. I'm going to put out the pack. Uh, it is the 5th and 6th of September 2020. So we're currently sitting at about eight to seven months away. Um, and, of course, depending on when you listen to this, it's going to be the same. It's going to be 2,000 points, five games match play in Greater Wellington, I guess you'll call it, after going to Western Sydney. It's Greater Wellington and Upper Heart. Um, it's in the heart. Yeah, if you're into Sydney GT, it's a similar si- similar style venue. It's a members-only club. Uh, we're going to do swap prizes. We're going to do pub quizzes. We're going to do expanded painting competitions. We're going to do bingo. We're going to do all that sort of shit. It's going to be bigger and better than last year. Last year, we hit 50 players. This year, we're looking, we've are looking. we got the capacity for about 110. Um, I'm looking to do, hopefully, between the 90 to 100 mark, um, and that will keep us comfortable in the room. Anything beyond that will be a bit bit of a squeaky bum but i will start posting up the players pack pretty soon in the next two weeks and then the scenario pack because it falls in september the scenario pack probably will not come out until after the ghp which will probably be june or july so the scenario pack will be not long beforehand but if you're aussies and you're looking for uh to get over early i already i've already spoken to a half dozen that have booked flights and are coming Come over, it'll be a great time. Try win our trophies, won't matter. Jimmy's gonna be there, he's gonna fuck you. Ha ha, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Dan Street is also doing I don't know what he's calling it. Auckland tournament. Yeah, Auckland. Um it's at the end of November, which might be a bit of a squeeze for people, but I believe it's the twenty sixth and twenty seventh of no of no oh, that's December, so I'm looking at the wrong calendar. 24th and 25th does that sound right no that's october jesus we're 28th and 29th i'm so yeah. sorry dan i was trying to do you a solid and i've completely fucked it up <laughs> 28th and 29th of november yeah. in Auckland. He's got the, sort of, the same sort of venue going on i was talking to dan about it at uh yeah. cancon yeah sort of a clubby thing there's licensed venue ruddy ra heaps of space heaps of space for up to like 110 tables 120 tables something like that not tables um, players come uh, players, sorry, not tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If we got 120 tables in New Zealand, something's fucking hit the fan. Um, uh, South Auckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's biggest New Zealand event coming up being Notorious in September, and then there's hopefully another big one at the end of November if people are wanting to travel. Um, Wellington's very accessible to get to for Australia, so is Auckland. So um, we've been coming over to a few events now, lads. Hopefully, you can come over. Um, and hopefully me and Tubby will be back in Australia before the year is out I'm not too sure we need to finalise that later um, anything else you guys want to say before we, we call it there uh, bag roll polo